I want you all to think through this idea with me. Imagine the United States as a ship, one that has set sail on an ocean of demise. Our empire, our war, our hypocrisy has given us the closest thing to a fascist government since Benito Mussolini and Giovanni Gentile came up with the plague of an ideology. Our current government robs us of our money to send to other governments that turn around and buy weapons off the manufacturers that our government is invested in. And it's nothing new either. Smedley Butler was right. War is a racket. And here we are, capsizing with a deranged captain, more focused on counting his gold than steering the ship. The ones who are in control of the helm are the darkest spirits from the blackest depths of the ocean and humanity. If it were up to them, we would all be tossed into a whirlpool and sucked down deep into a briny hell devoid of light. These spirits have names like Gates, Schwab, and Soros. The boat has started to lean, and it looks like we're all going to get a little wet. Some of us may be dragged down with the ship. Others may find lifeboats. If we are fortunate enough to be close to shore, some of us might just survive. But if you, out there listening, were to make it to a lifeboat, whom would you try to bring aboard? Who would you try to bring with you? Would you try to save anyone? Women? Children? What about able-bodied men? How about the elderly? What if you knew them? What if they were friends or family? What if it were someone famous? What if it were Elon Musk? Like it or not, saving someone like Musk, just because he's a billionaire, may have a much different outcome than saving anyone else. Some would take the risk just to possibly be rewarded with a fortune. Some idiots would do it just to post it to TikTok. But this sad reality points out a horrific flaw in our current system. One where we would let our own children drown, metaphorically, to keep a couple billionaires afloat. It's not all greed that drives these motivations either. Some of the reason why people support our corrupted and immoral system is the fear of the instability that even a recognition of our inalienable rights may bring. People act like saying there's a hole in the boat might make it bigger, or that the water will come in faster if you point it out. People are superstitious, especially when they are kept ignorant. Unfortunately, this plays out 
when it comes to delivering justice to the billionaire class too. Let's get back to the ship though. If you found yourself in a vulnerable position, such as where Elon Musk had the ability to save you, do you think he'd do it? What would he have to gain? What billionaires do you know that would risk their lives to save a stranger? Do you think Elon Musk would even try to save your freedom of speech, let alone your life? Even if he had the best of intentions, that doesn't mean he will take the necessary actions. Rescue attempts fail. People die trying to save others all the time. What have the consequences been allowing a couple of billionaires to try to save us from anything? The results so far have been devastating. In fact, in some cases, even worse than allowing the government to do it. Because in the global corporatist oligarchy, there is even less accountability. Let's talk about that too. While we are all distracted by Elon's influence on Twitter and our civil discourse, the flow of news and information, etc., we are also distracted from his manipulation of markets, the environment, and even the physical world as we know it. Much like the dark spirits of Gates, Schwab, and Soros. The dark spirits that I mentioned before have filled the ship over its capacity on purpose, overwhelming our system until it breaks. But what if we can take advantage of that? We as individuals may never have the influence of Musk on this ship, but we can throw some dead weight overboard, starting with public-private partnerships. Let's do what we can to save as many people and things that deserve it. And remember to save ourselves. Because let's face it, the billionaire class responsible for our current state wouldn't be caught dead on the same ship as us. If their boat capsizes, let God sort them out. You are listening to The New Prisoners. A copy of each week's monologue and source list are available on our Minds page and Substack. Check out our video content on BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and Brighteon. For audio versions, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and many others. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you find us. And join the conversation by leaving your comments wherever you can. You can follow The New Prisoners and The New Prisoner Number 6 on Instagram and The New Prisoner Number 6 on Gab or at New Prisoner 6 on Twitter. If you would like to be a guest, please email The New Prisoner Number 6 at protonmail.com and provide a brief description of the topic or topics that you would like to discuss and a screener will contact you. You can always choose to appear anonymously. You can now donate to the new prisoners through anchor.fm 
slash the new prisoner number six slash support with a monthly donation of 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99. We also have a subscribe store where you can make a one-time or recurring contribution at subscribestar.com slash the hyphen new hyphen prisoners. You can also donate both US dollars and crypto to us on Mines and Odyssey. All donations go towards studio upgrades to make more content and advertising to spread the word about the show. Every amount is appreciated. Now let's get on with the show. Okay, I'm number six, and I'm here with John Henry, and this is the New Prisoners Podcast. And uh, today we're gonna we're gonna talk about some uh, different things. I wanted to talk about Elon Musk this week, because well, he's been in the news a lot. So we're gonna ask: Is Elon Musk a friend of liberty? Also, we're gonna talk about Biden's new Ministry of Truth. Oh goody! And then also uh, Fauci's green light red light game. I've been liking this. He he seems to come out with something and then completely reverses course the next day. I wonder why. Also, we're gonna talk about the Great Starvation. Nothing big, just, you know, a giant starvation of the population that could occur. So, um, on that note, John Henry, would you like to say hello to the people? Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the End of the World podcast. Coming to you from a new location, recently relocated. Pretty exciting. Got everything dialed in. Got the internet working just in the nick of time today. But, uh, man, another week. Uh, You know, it's... (laughs) The concept of time is becoming very interesting because of how much uh, information and data we're, we're currently receiving. It's like every single day, there's 10 new things to have a conversation about or updates on current affairs. So I just want to say thanks for coming back, guys. We really appreciate spending the time with you. Thank you uh, to all of our new subscribers, too, and all of our uh, new listeners. So let's rip it. Let's get into it, sir. All right. So this first topic, John Henry. Now, I want to admit We've been putting this first one off for a little while, haven't we? Like pretty much for forever we've been putting this off. <laughs> yeah, we've actually had a request to talk about this. Uh-huh. And um, you know, the the whole world has been a flaming ball of shit <laughs> since we started the show. So um, you know, there's been so many pertinent things that we had to talk about on a weekly basis as this was one that we kind of kept putting off and off and off. And it is amazing how things come full circle. Um, and that's our topic that we're gonna start with today. Yeah, it's it's really the the type of thing too where um yeah and, and John Henry and I have been pretty uh, honest about this of course the whole whole time that we've been doing this podcast is that we're not really experts in, in these sort of things so when you talk about something like the CERN collider here um I, I could give you a little bit but I'm not going to be able to like just rattle off like a bunch of random facts about this thing so like whenever we were talking about getting into something like this and all the different concepts and all the different things that are being said about it on the internet, like, will it open up a black hole? Is it a gateway to hell? Like, these are all interesting things, of course, to talk about, because, you know, if you grew up playing the Doom video games like I did, or, you know, you grew up watching any astrology shows or anything like that, you know, you could probably get into uh, some black hole stuff. But uh, let's let's talk about this. This is from The Independent. This is Elon Musk says boring company may dig new 100 kilometer CERN collider. Now, CERN's future circular collider could help unlock some of the secrets of the universe, it says. And this is where this 
thing gets really interesting. Okay. So I love the concepts of it. I couldn't explain the math of it. I couldn't explain like some of the physical uh, or the physics things uh, involved in this. But when it comes to running face first into like the main topic of all of news around the world right now this week, I, I, we couldn't avoid it any longer. So here we go. Um, Elon Musk has approached to dig a brand new particle collider that would stretch for 100 kilometers under Geneva in Switzerland. What else is in Geneva? What, what else have we been talking about for the past several months that's also located in Switzerland? Hmm. Chocolate? There's chocolate there. Watches? Watches? Maybe the cuckoo clocks or something? Yeah, do they do those? Is... Or is that the Germans just... They're kind of close, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about the World Economic Forum. You know, so if you if you were a Doctor Doom type character, say like you know Klaus Schwab, and you oh, wanted like oh, the you world's said, most you dangerous cuckoo, weapon you underneath said cuckoo a mountain, cucks, cuckoo cucks, cuckoo cucks. Yeah, yes. so you're right. That, that is what you meant. <laughs> I can see Klaus Schwab now, and like that's his little secret society part of the WEF. That's what they're called, the cuckoo cuckers, and they just they, they all get together and, and make bird noises and flap their arms because they're fucking crazy, and they're trying to open up a portal to hell with this shit. Like, that's where we're at with this, folks. I mean, and that's that's the type of expert analysis that you're going to get from us, too, pretty much, probably. But, you know, like... Because <laughs> we are experts <laughs> yes. uh, at talking shit. Yes. And um, <laughs> let me just... Here's... So, if none of you understand what a particle collider is, uh, I can't explain it because I am definitely not intelligent enough. But let me give you the gist of it, right? So, what they do is they're creating this giant tunnel... Where at super high speeds, they're colliding particles. Now, here's one of the things that's really fucking terrifying about this. And this goes back to when they first opened this thing. And I remember reading about this thing years and years and years and years ago. So, thing number one is they're trying to figure out if they can find a fifth element, right? Now, yes, those types of elements, air, wind, water, fire. Um, that's terrifying, the other concern with this, and I remember, you know, some of the things that I was reading about that people that were very anti-collider, um, is it potentially could create a black hole. Well, if you have any idea about what a black hole does, it consumes everything in that part of the universe. It's basically a giant monstrosity vacuum. It's fucking terrifying. So what that means is, uh, hypothetically, I think, if they were to somehow do this and it created a black hole, well, the whole entire Earth would implode on itself basically instantaneously. It's really fucking scary. Uh, I don't think we need to do that to find secrets of the universe. In a personal opinion, uh, it's not going to cure cancer. It's not going to create world peace. None of those things. So the idea of there being one in existence, period, is fucking frightening to me. Why would we build another one? Why? Now, I get that the boring company, Elon, likes to, he likes to dig holes. He's digging holes under major cities in California to put high-speed trains in. Like, that all kind of makes sense to me. I get that, right? Put electric trains in, high-speed, people can travel, it's safe, all that great stuff. Um, but I can't seem to grasp or understand why in the hell we would be uh, essentially creating a second opportunity to destroy everything that we know within our universe. 
Well, I, I have an idea. Um, okay. Now, so... also, <laughs> my apologies. It's okay. I just want to mention that number six's initial comment of they're trying to open up a portal to hell. I think that very well might be accurate, too. So, please, sir, back to you. Well, uh, first off, we, we, while it's on the tip of my tongue here, um, I am a huge fan of the movie Demolition Man starring Sylvester Stallone. I think it was uh, an excellent film and definitely gave us a lot of previews for the shit that we're experiencing today. And in that movie, John Henry, as you remember, Edgar Friendly, um, who we pretty much model our lives after at this point online, um, lived in the underground tunnels underneath Los Angeles. Well, who's building the tunnels? We're one step closer to Demolition Man times. Isn't that exciting? But the other thing that's exciting is, is that the person now that owns the most metadata on just political discourse alone. Like we're not even talking about like astrophysics and other crazy shit like this. We're talking about just the stuff that you and I talk about on a weekly basis. This man owns enough metadata on people's thoughts, thought patterns, what they like, what they dislike, what they'll accept, what they won't accept. He has all of that just like in a thumb drive, basically ready to roll. Hey, if any of you are currently listening to those comments and saying to yourself, Gosh, this really sounds like the show Westworld. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Exactly what it is. It's insane. Um, Demolition Man, fantastic. Also, speaking of a fifth element, really like that movie with Mia Jehovich and Bruce Willis. And I'd much rather just stay that in lieu of oh. finding a new fifth element. Yeah. And also, uh, shout out to Bruce Willis there. Man, it's a shame about his health, you know? Uh, but... Let's talk about the uh, future Circular Collider, or the FCC, which would replace the Large Hadron Collider, or LHC, to push to further push forward our understanding, it says. Um, so, now, let's go and talk about this understanding here. Hey, what's that saying? Uh, mm. Curiosity killed the cat? Oh, well, it can. <laughs> Folks, I just want to say, oh man, sorry. I just saw that says corn crusher. Yes. That's also number six nickname. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I am not nearly curious enough to need to know what happens whenever you uh you accelerate particles and jam them into each other. Uh and I just don't need to know that at all. So I needed sort of like a CERN for dummies article just to get me through this. Um, you know, cause I, I rely on a lot of, uh, memory here, but, uh, can't really tell you a lot about the quark gluc- gluon plasma that's produced at the large Hadron Collider at all. Um, uh, that's according to MIT news too. But, um, one of the things I wanted to bring up aside from the corn crusher here, I wanted to scroll down to this little bit. Um, the climate science portion, here's why I started scratching my head here, because as we talked about, when you wanted to gather like an entire, mass of human brain function, like a full map of it, uh, of just how people behave and react to things, um, at least on the internet. That might not be entirely real, of course. We all put on little uh, facades whenever we're on the internet. Uh, we all have little different personalities that we that we can accentuate there. But what I was saying is that when you have that much data, what do you do with it? Do you put it on a, like a, a supercomputer and have it figure out shit? Like what kind of underwear we're going to buy next week, John Henry? That's exactly what they did in Westworld. Yeah. But if they're doing that and they're telling us about it in TV shows like that, my guess is they've already probably done that 
you know, like they already have the supercomputers as far as I know. Um, we already have these crazy vertical monopolies with unbelievable technological access um, to new technologies and things and you know, methods of storage and other stuff like that. So, and also we have enough um, BlackRock and Vanguard money to, to try and influence this IMF and other world banks that would love to get their hands on all that sweet metadata so they can uh, prejudge basically and also make wagers, of course, uh, on what our behavior is going to be. It's easier to bet on black when you know the roulette wheel is going to land on it first. So it's really interesting to me to see somebody like Elon Musk, who's sort of known to be at the forefront or like ahead of a lot of things, that why would he be doing something that's already been done by database, databasing all of this information that he's just come into contact with because of his ownership? Or... Could he be sending it somewhere to something or someone? That's a really interesting thing. Um, I, I know that if there With were aliens. a person on, oh yeah, if there were a person on Earth to do it, would would he be like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go send all the information from the human brain that I have available on Twitter directly to the aliens, and they're in turn going to give me renewable alien. energy or black matter, you know, or something uh, like that. I think Elon is an alien. Can I be. mean, listen to how he talks. Um, in the way that he thinks, it's pretty extraordinary. Oh, we're going to get into that too. Extraterrestrial, yeah. huh? Huh? See where I'm going with here? So, guys, here's what it is. What we found out here on the new prisoners is Elon is actually creating one of those new particle accelerators to open up a pathway back to his alien planet. Could be. You heard it here first, everybody. Just to upload my tweets that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> nobody sees because I'm shadow banned to hell. Talking you're doing online. That's that would be the only way. That'd be the only way I could get unshadow banned possibly on Twitter is that I'd have to build my own collider and send it to fucking aliens so they could repost it because they're not shadow banned. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and send send my Instagram to them too because that shit is dead. Oh yeah, oh yeah, just they yeah they burned us there. All right, but uh, let's talk about the climate science, John Henry. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up is says We always have to talk about the climate science, folks. Oh, especially with Elon here involved. Because oh, yeah. when you combine Elon and CERN at the same time, it says beyond the LHC, there are other facilities at CERN that conduct important research. One experiment at CERN's Proton Synchrotron. That's I don't even fun. like the name of that. No. Yeah, it, it bothers me. Proton the name of that makes me incredibly fucking uncomfortable. Ooh, yeah. The proton okay. synchrotron. Mm. It's, I feel like we're watching Despicable Me, and that's Gru's new fucking ray gun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's evil villain shit. Dr. Evil. Here is my proton synchrotron, and I'm going to explode the moon. Like, that that's what's going to happen. Really horrible mixed drink, like at a dive bar. <laughs> proton oh, synchrotron, yeah. you know? It's just no, like that's gold like Schlager, Jägermeister. I bet people drank those at Coachella. Yeah, and Burning yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, Burning Man. That's what they drink. Get <laughs> a proton synchrotron. Jumping up on the float and going, yeah, so, but we digress. Um, so it says the proton synchrotron links particle physics with climate science. Hooray. This is a smaller and less complex accelerator. That's comforting. Than the LHC, but still manages to do useful work. Well, what is that useful work? A project scientist inside the cloud experiment room here is pictured. That looks like a fun place to hang out. Um, the climate experiment is called cloud 
which means cosmic droplets leave open air. It has been hypothesized that cosmic rays play a role in cloud formation by seeding tiny water droplets around the Earth. This is not an easy process to study in the real atmosphere using real cosmic rays because, well, that, you know, <laughs> that might be kind of dangerous and everything. So, But it's not like it would stop the all ethical and moral scientists that we have in the scientific community these days, John Henry. I'm sure they'd be like, whoa, we can't do that. Millions of people, nay, billions of people may die. <laughs> you know what they're probably doing? Coming up with a painless laser to zap children and their genitals when they decide to transition. Oh, yeah. I, I, if, I can pretty much guarantee you. Oh, if, we, uh, there, huh? if we searched it on Brave right now, I'm afraid yeah, that it would well, probably well, come up that it already exists and we're probably tax dollar funding it right now. For fuck's sake. <laughs> they took it out of our last uh, check. It just passed. <laughs> so, but yeah, maybe more on that next week that you might be reading ahead there a little bit. Oh, but it says it. Uh, so it says that this is not an easy process, of course. But then it says so. CERN uses the accelerator to create its own cosmic rays. Now, I remember uh, growing up. There was this uh, superhero also, team, <laughs> also a cocktail at Coachella. Yes, <laughs> the oh, cosmic yes. ray. Oh, for sure. There, yeah, <laughs> lots of cosmic rays there. Um, but uh, I remember the Fantastic Four coming in contact with some type of cosmic rays. And then, uh, you know, Ben Grimm coming back looking like the thing, you know, it's clobber in time. And then the stretchy guy, that's all well and good. But I don't think that happens too much in real life. I just think you just fucking melt in real life. Uh, so, Oh, yeah. For, or just you just you fucking dissipate into mist. Yes, absolutely. Just like, I don't know, man. You know, they're playing with all this shit. And I've seen the documentary called The Toxic Avenger. Mm. It just concerns me. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, anything trauma film, man. Absolutely good stuff. Absolutely great stuff. But um, they also do, and John Henry, you will be excited to see this. They also do alien particle hunting. Now, we Why just had you? Easter. so yeah, I mean, It's basically the same thing. Kids look for eggs. We look for alien particles. It's sharing the same underground cavern, of course, <sighs> sharing the same secret layer as the LHCB. Is it's a, a fucking evil instrument. layer. Guys, Come this on. is shit of like genuinely like Dr. Evil, evil bad guy stuff. Like they have this underground layer that they're like, <laughs> this is so crazy. And I'm sorry that like, I, I know we're fucking around a lot on this, but it's that ridiculous. We have to. That this is where funds are going and of what course. our goal is. But this instrument, this smaller one, of course, is called Mo Edel which stands for Monopole and Exotics Detector on the LHC. Now, while most CERN experiments are designed to study known particles, this experiment aims to detect undetected particles that fall outside the current standard model. Now, when they reference standard model there, they mean like the standard model of physics. So of just like the things that we know about it. Now, now we've joked about alien COVID strain. Like, is that the first particle they're going to find? Oh, I mean, hey, <laughs> if Fauci can get that COVID. thing into Gen Bank so he could release it for next Christmas, you bet oh, he yeah. would. <laughs> right for the holiday season. Uh-huh. COVID mm. part four. Oh, he's, he's ready to. Well, we're going to talk about that son of a bitch, too, in a little bit. But it says that um, a monopole, for example, would be a margin uh, magnetized, sorry, 
particle consisting only of a North Pole without a South Pole or vice versa. So you could just get the South Pole jeans wearers or the North Pole, uh, North Face Pole wearing uh, coats. But then uh, such particles have long been postulated, but have never been observed. The purpose of Moedel is to search for any monopoles that may arise in collisions within the LHC, according to CERN. This experiment could also reveal some of the stable massive particles predicted by theories beyond the standard model. And if it succeeds in finding any of these particles, Moedel could help solve fundamental questions such as the existence of other dimensions or the nature of dark matter. Okay. Now, my question is too, um, say that they bump into something here. Who gets dibs on it? Like, is it an automatic, like, does this go straight to like the U.S. patent office China. or something? Oh, man. Period. Think Easy. of it. China. <laughs> I mean, it would be crazy, right? To think that we would just automatically have rights to this. I mean, the U.S. being like the world hegemony, kind of, um, still. But it, with, with something like this, would it just be, would it be in the hands of like a, a private person? Is it in the hands of just like a, a charity type thing? Like what the hell even happens to that kind of information? Um, I'm all for uh, freeing the code. I'm all for like having open access to information and other things here, John Henry. And we're, we're pretty open source here on the podcast. Uh, we have no paywalls or anything. Uh, but um, it also says that Mo Edel experiment is located in the same cave as the LHCB. Um, that, that's located here. This is the LHCB uh, Mo Edel. There's the little guy that stands there and I guess presses the button that does the thing, that does that, that finds the stuff. Now, it says that antimatter often comes into existence with a high energy CERN accelerators as a half-particle antiparticle pair. But in the usual course of events, antiparticles do not last long before they are annihilated by collisions with ordinary particles. If you want to create antimatter that stays long enough for a detailed study, you need more than just an accelerator. This is where the CERN antimatter factory comes in. It takes the antiparticles created in the proton synchrotron <laughs> and slows them down to manageable speeds. So basically, it makes everything sound like a, a mumble rap. <laughs> and what is effectively the opposite of a particle accelerator, the antiproton decelerator, according to CERN. Wow, don't they have such wonderful toys? The resulting antiatoms can then be studied by means of a range of instruments such as Aegis, uh, anti-hydron experiment, uh, gravity, uh, interferometry, and spectroscopy. Yeah. One of the questions Aegis uh, should be able to answer uh, soon is the startling question of whether antimatter is falling down into a gravitational field like ordinary matter or up in the opposite direction. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? So let's move on though, because it does say that um, one of the things, John Henry, um, before I click on the next article, it does say that um, if there were a black hole that were to open up, that it would only last like a second and then be gone, that we don't have the ability to stabilize it. Well, what the fuck did I just read? 
if they're working on stabilizing certain things that can't be stabilized, well, could they not only open up a black hole, but could they stabilize it and therefore weaponize it? Who knows? What the hell could they be doing? And, uh, you know, again, scientific community after two years of COVID, most trustable people on fucking Earth, of course. Yeah, it's just no, no problems there. But um, all right, so let's move on to this next article. This is uh, from Esquire. This is from a little while back, but I like to pull this because uh, I'm not going to read through the whole thing, John Henry. It's a long one. Um, and it's okay. It's kind of like it, it shows them in a pretty glowing light. Um, but this is um, an excerpt from Elon Musk, Tesla, SpaceX, and the quest for a fantastic future. Um, this is Elon Musk, the college years. But I wanted to scroll down to point out a little something here. Um, and hopefully it saved my bookmarks here. Um, it said that uh, Musk was more ambitious in college than he had been in high school. He studied business, competed in public speaking contests, and began to display the brand of an intensity and competitiveness that marks his behavior today. After one economics exam, Musk, Farouk, and some other students in class came back to the dorms and began comparing notes to try to ascertain how well they did on the test. It soon became clear that Musk had a firmer grasp on the material than anyone else. Okay, so when people talk about Elon, they talk about his genius, they talk about his intellect, you know, he could be a fucking alien, a robot, something like that, or whatever. So keep that in mind. But, um, you know, when Musk was in college, though, um, and here we go, uh, he made a very good friend that we're going to talk about here in a second named Adeo Rezi. I think that's how you pronounce it, um, who would go on to be a Silicon Valley entrepreneur in his own right and is to this day as tight with Elon as anyone. I remember that phrase. Now, it gives a little description of Rezzy here, and we'll see him in a second, but it says, Rezzy is a lanky guy, well over six feet tall, and possesses an eccentric air. He was the artistic colorful foil to the studious, more buttoned-up Musk. Both of the men, uh, young men were transfer students and ended up being placed in the funky freshman dorm. The lackluster social scene did not live up to Rezzy's expectations, and he talked Musk into renting a large house off campus. They got the 10-bedroom home relatively cheap. Man, must have been cheap. Uh, since it was a frat house that had gone unrented. Now, during the week, Musk and Rezzy would study. But as the weekend approached, Rezzy in particular would transform the house into a nightclub. He covered the windows with trash bags to make it pitch black inside and decorated the walls with bright paints and whatever objects he could find. It was a full-out unlicensed speakeasy, Rezzy said. We would have as many as 500 people. We would charge $5, and it would be pretty much all you could drink. Beer, jello shots, and other things. And come Friday night, the ground around the house would shake from the intensity of the bass being pumped out of Rezzy speakers. May visited one of the parties and discovered, it says here in the article, that Rezzy had hammered objects into the walls and lacquered them with glow-in-the-dark paint. She ended up working the door as a coat check money taker and grabbed a pair of scissors for protection Ooh, as the cash piled up in a shoebox. Now, the reason why I wanted to read that little uh, part of this article here, let's talk about Elon Musk's friend Rezzy here because it says further too that Adio was in charge of doing cool shit around that house and he would run the party. And as Rezzy put it, Elon was the most straight-laced dude you have ever met. He never drank. He never did anything. Zero. Literally nothing, it says. The only time Rezzy had to step in and moderate Musk's behavior came during video game binges that would go on for days. Now, 
I wanted to bring all this up because we've talked about this before on the show, John Henry, about the differences between Elon Musk's approach to authoritarianism, possibly, and the 1984 brutal authoritarianism that we're pretty much getting everywhere else. Um, with someone like Musk being this sharp, I picture somebody like Adeo and other people that, that Musk works with creating sort of the allure, creating the party, you know, drawing the moth to the flame. And Musk is the one they're collecting. He's sharp. He's on this. He's always gaming. So why then would he be friends with such a cunt? Adeo Rezi, thoughts of an entrepreneur and investor. Let's, let's find out about Adeo Rezi here. This is his reflections. This is his own writing. Reflections at 49 from March 5th of 2021. So he's 50 this year. Yay. Um, I am grateful, it says. So many things in the world have changed. And great change was needed. We faced a pandemic that was disproportionately targeted the weak and sick among us. And humanity around the world rose to the occasion to help the most vulnerable among us. Bullshit. I'm just paraphrasing here. I could not have imagined a more beautiful intention manifested at scale. We led with love. Yeah, more like the lead that you sunk us in the fucking ocean with. Uh, many of us, including myself, it says, lost important loved ones this year. I miss my friends in every sense. I spent a large portion of this last year in some type of mourning, struggling to accept losses of vibrant lives. The questioning of why brought me to a greater degree of inner peace and tranquility as I learned to be more in balance with the flow of the world around me. I have slowed down and sped up at the same time. What a great stupid fucking sentence. I am not running around in cars and planes to endlessly speaking engagements and meetings. Oh, I'm sure they miss you. Instead, I stay at my house most days caring for my three children and focusing on the things that matter most. Somebody fucked that guy and had three kids with him. The more important things that I focus on, the more important things that I have to do. This renewed focus on what is important created a renaissance period in my life. My creativity, passion, and projects are all proceeding beautifully for those in alignment, for those in alignment, and working on things that matter. Mm, let's see what those are. I have witnessed many stories of success, starting with my own. The journeys have not always been easy nor direct. At the end of 2020, my car. Okay, we've talked about shit like this before. It says, at the end of 2020, my car accelerated into a pole, <laughs> leaving me unconscious. Okay, well, maybe it did on its own. We don't know. Can they do that? Mm, I don't know. All right. But it says, at the end of 2020, my car accelerated into a pole, leaving me unconscious with a severe concussion. It took me nearly two months to recover my full cognitive abilities. During the concussion, I went to a form of autopilot as I started to regain my frontal lobe consciousness. Now, that is really fucked up, John Henry, because uh, those of you who have ever studied uh, psychology or studied the brain, um, when you fuck up your front lobe, that really messes with your personality. Look up a dude named Phineas Gage. I think he was working with dynamite, and the dynamite exploded like it does, and it exploded a railroad tie right into his fucking head. <laughs> now, he lived. Because people back then were no pussies. <laughs> we're going to talk about that a little bit later, too. Uh, but 
he lived and probably went to work the next day, just drank half a bottle of whiskey and just said, fuck it too. Cause again, that, that, that time period. But what it did was, is that it made him, um, wildly uncontrollable. Um, he had violent mood swings. Um, he started beating his wife, which he'd never had done before. Um, and then on top of that, um, he also, um, started gambling, like just started uh, becoming a compulsive gambler. And I've actually met people in my lifetime too, that have had traumatic things happen to them. And, you know, they became compulsive gamblers or purchasers or other things. So I could see that happen uh, to people, but this is a really crazy story, but it gets, it gets more fun. Um, so it says that as I started to regain my frontal lobe consciousness, everything that I was working on during this autopilot period was important and in alignment. I have been on a guided mission ever since. Okay. So over the last decade, the Founder Institute, which we're going to talk about next, John Henry, and you're really going to love this segment when we get to that, had grown to be one of the largest physical event organizers in the world. And overnight with the pandemic, we moved everything online. As we moved online, the business grew by up to five times across many metrics. So yes, benefits from the pandemic. No wonder he's grateful. This challenged us to change and to grow simultaneously. <laughs> Again, a nothing statement. Uh, we figured out how to do so many new things. It has been one of the most beautiful transformations that I've ever witnessed. I am proud of the many teams around the world that made this happen so seamlessly. As the Core Founder Institute Startup Accelerator grew during the pandemic, a new business line grew exponentially. Of course it did. We watched how venture capital excluded opportunities by geography and gender and age and race. So we decided to try and fix it. Our solution is to launch a thousand new venture capital firms worldwide by 2025 through a new program called VC Lab. We ask all enrolling general partners to sign an ethical pledge called the Mensarius Oath. VC Lab, and we're going to get to that oath too. VC Lab has grown by 11 times <laughs> in one year, almost as fast as our subscribership's been growing. So we're catching up, motherfucker. So we will hit our goal to transform the venture uh, industry faster. Now, despite being quite busy with all these activities, activities I successfully launched a new role-playing card game <laughs> called Save the World. New card designs were finished just in time for my birthday, and I am eager to play with my friends once the pandemic starts to subside. Which leads me to another piece of good news. I had the second dose of the Pfizer vaccine right before my birthday. This is just another reminder of how amazing the human response to the pandemic has been. Oh, wow. 2021 folks don't you miss the good old days when people were saying shit like that yeah i just got the second dose and everything is just gonna work out great well let's get to his stupid fucking oath john henry the mensarius oath an ethical code of conduct for venture capitalists now we like to look at shit like this and and, and piss all over it and we, and we shall the mensarius oath is an ethical code of contact for venture capitalists and other finance professionals that is designed to foster positive outcomes for humanity sure it is Mensarius is a Latin noun that refers to a banker or financier, and the tenets of the Mensarius Oath were based on the Hippocratic Oath, which has come in handy so much over the past two years, let me tell you, used in the medical profession. 
the full Lancerius Oath is below. And if you support the oath or have comments, please send a tweet <laughs> with the hashtag Mensarius Oath. So if you're listening, folks, it's hashtag M-E-N-S-A-R-I-U-S-O-A-T-H. Hashtag Mensarius Oath. Go there and tell them how much you like this Mensarius Oath, please, if you're listening. Now, it says, the oath is, as a financial professional, now, before I even get to this, John Henry, let me scroll back up. For those of you that are watching, I'm sorry for those of you that are listening, I'm going to try and describe this. This guy is in a position where he has his right hand, I believe, yes, on his heart or whatever it is in the reptilian body, maybe, I don't know, the, the that type of stuff, I'm not a biologist, not a biologist, so... But he has his other hand up and he's doing the, his thumb is out. Now, I don't know if that's supposed to be a V or something like that, or if it's just his, his, his hand is out. Is that some sort of like Freemason, booga booga, you know, like type of crazy symbol? Or is they just come up with that? Cause it's like, all right, we'll put your hand on your heart and your hand up. Cause that's what people do when they take an oath. Who knows? All right. But getting, getting back to where we were before as a financial professional that invests in enterprises using personal or investor capital, I hereby pledge to honor these values. It is determined by myself or a panel of my peers that I have violated these values without reconciliation, agreed between all involved parties, then I will voluntarily leave the, in- leave the industry. So basically, you swear a pledge of allegiance to this asshole or you have to get out of the venture capital industry? Oh, okay. Well, let's read on what they're about. In my profession of finance, I endeavor to help create positive outcomes for all of humanity. Okay. With my dealings, I create positive outcomes financially and otherwise for all of those involved, including the conscious avoidance of harm to any parties. Okay. So it kind of sounds like non-aggression principle type of stuff. Okay. Now, being in the industry, I will help others to achieve the highest standards I set for myself and my organization. Sounds pretty standard so far. As a steward of the trade, I work against any abuse of power. Mm, I don't know about that. That leads to unfair advantage. Oh, that's a pretty subjective thing, too. Uh, Seduction, corruption, or mistreatment. Now, we're against corruption here, but I don't know if we're fighting on the same battlefields. Um, As a person who can affect the outcome, I like this. As a person who can affect the outcome, meaning I'm a financier or a banker, which means I actually can pull fucking strings in this world, I commit to reducing inequality, there it is, and increasing fairness in society. So, communist principles, maybe? Now, in honor of the community, I pledge to treat all that approach me with fairness, equality, and the attention that each opportunity deserves. As a professional, I'm open and honest in all my dealings with those that I serve, including investors and founders, as part of my work, I keep all matters that are understood to be private with all avoidable protections to keep safe from public or other unwanted disclosure. Hmm. Okay. So a secret society that you're swearing an oath to because as part of your work, you have to keep all matters that are understood to be private. Understood to be private. Oh, that sounds like a CIA type of thing almost, doesn't it? Uh, I understood at the time that it was private, so we said it was private and didn't give you the information, Uh, but with all available protections to keep safe uh, from public or other unwanted disclosure, being like a free press. Um, To continuously improve, I solicit and respect feedback from those that I serve 
whom do they serve, and from my wider industry professionals. Now, also, you'll be shocked that the Founder Institute also loves them some Ukraine, (laughs) because who the fuck doesn't? Um, It says here really quickly, uh, John Henry, over the last week, we have watched in horror as the fundamental principles of democracy, sure, and sovereignty, yes, and and free speech, yeah, free speech for Nazis like the Azov Battalion and their fucking blood oaths, sure, yeah, have been challenged by an authoritarian leader grasping to archaic militaristic ambitions. Make no mistake, this is Putin's, not Russia's war. It says, at the same time, we are inspired by the brave acts of the Ukrainian people, you know, cutting off the ears of children and leaving them dead in the streets and whatever else that they're doing. People valiantly fighting for their land, identity, and freedom. Perhaps more importantly, they are fighting for the democratic principles the world holds dear. I don't think so. Um, But Putin's actions, it says, are not reflective of the beliefs and intent of the whole of Russia. However, after discussing with our team in Moscow, we have collectively decided to pause all Founder Institute operations in the country until further notice. Because, I mean, what is it being a all-important person, you know, that can actually pull strings in the world, John Henry, like a banker or financier? I mean, if you can't implement a social credit score on countries like Russia. <laughs> now, it also says that they're in close contact with our Founder Institute key of team and will help them in any way that we can. Oh, and the quote, the quote, John Henry, that they had to include a genuine leader is not a searcher for consensus, but a molder of consensus. And that is taken from Martin Luther King Jr. I don't think Martin was necessarily talking about, you know, getting people to, you know, get into like a fucking nuclear war or something like that or worse. You know, but it says we implore Putin to be a genuine leader by listening to his people, listening to the world, and stopping his unprovoked attack on the Ukraine. All right, well, we'll we'll talk more about Ukraine in a second. But this also gives like a little bit of, uh, of about the Founder Institute, and I just wanted to scroll down here because it says our mission, their mission, folks, is not to make money. They're in venture capital. Remember this. Their mission is to empower talented and motivated people, that could be you, oh, you never know, to build businesses that matter. With 80% of new Founders Institute companies directly addressing the UN's SDGs by 2030. Of course, it all has to align with UN Agenda 2030, doesn't it? Just like everything fucking has to. So when you talk about big business, when you talk about banking, when you talk about the UN... Oh, website unoccurred. Let's ooh, let's see if we can get it back. I don't think we're going to be able to get it back. Let's just go to uh, ooh. No, it's loading. It says it's loading. We might have to come back to it, John Henry. But let me explain. Um, the UN's SDGs. I'm just going to type it in here and see what comes up because I, I tried to archive it. I think, but maybe they pulled it. SDGs. Let's look them up. Wow. Is the UN's website down during our podcast of all things? <laughs> How the fuck does Imagine that happen? That. Imagine that. I'm going to try Isn't a little trick something? here. I'm going to try a little trick here. Archive.today, folks, is... Yes. Archive.today is a great fucking service. 
Now, I believe they are open source as well. So just like you can donate to us, folks, and you can, uh, there's donation links in the, in the uh, um, description sections and stuff like that of all of our video platforms and things. But if you want to donate to somebody too that does a lot of good work, donate to archive.today because they, they just saved our, our little part of our show here. These are the 17 goals or targets uh, that the UN has set aside for us. And John Henry, this is where I wanted to bring you in because um, I believe that you will have a lot of fun going through this one. How are we doing on the no poverty? <laughs> <laughs> we can just hit these one by one. Just give a little update for us, John. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I have a very simple response to that. If you saw the White House Correspondence Dinner, I think Trevor Noah actually hit it. And he said, Joe, since you've been in the presidency, things are looking up. Gas is looking up. Food is looking up. Everything's looking up. And everybody chuckled. Ha, 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 ha. So we have historic 40-year high inflation, people barely able to pay their fucking bills, um, not looking too good. So I'd say we're uh, not doing a very strong job on the poverty front. Back to you, sir. All right. They should actually call that the uh, annual conspirators meeting, you know, when it comes to like, you know, coups against American presidents and, you know, starting bullshit wars and everything. When you get all the media people and the fucking Biden administration together, all the Democrats and stuff, come on. All right. Next up, zero hunger. Well, we're actually going to talk about this in a whole different segment later because I think this is really important because um, if you think that you know, super villains, you know, purchasing large Hadron colliders for themselves and hiding it in mountains and mountains in Switzerland to open up gates of hell is pretty scary. Uh, try starving the fuck to death. I mean, because, you know, there, there's a lot of crazy, like we get hit by an asteroid tomorrow, but you know, half of us would probably just go poof, you know, but, uh, you know, when it comes to zero hunger, I don't think they're doing a very good job of that. And we're going to talk about that. So, um, good health and well-being. <laughs> Two and a half years into a goddamn pandemic, killing it, killing the game of good health and well-being. Lots of people are doing really well mentally, including children. <laughs> They're really catching up there. And that leads into the next one, quality education. We had to do an entire podcast on people in education grooming your kids to rather be trans or to be some sort of uh, cross-dressing sex slave by the time that they're fucking five. Um, you know, so th we're, we're doing pretty good on that one, too. Number four. Uh, number five is gender equality. Well, there are no genders anymore. There's, there's actually a billion of them, but there aren't any. So, like, you can't even really talk about it. So, we're just going to skip that one. Uh, clean water and sanitation. Well, we got a lot of water with masks floating around in them now. <laughs> Masks that are made with God knows what by God knows who. <laughs> and then affordable, affordable and clean energy. Well, we had a lot of affordable and clean natural gas energy, but fuck that. We turned it all off as soon as Biden got into office. So who needs that shit? We want windmills to blow up uh, bats lungs and fucking whack birds and shit like that and give people migraines and then just take up a lot of space. That's what we want instead. And also that don't fucking work. So our, our shit fails and we, we all freeze to death and other things. But um, decent work and economic growth. <laughs> I don't know about you folks, but have you been working longer for less? Because it does seem like I've been working longer for less a lot in the past couple of years. 
Now, it also says industry innovation and infrastructure. Oh, there's that wonderful term. Yeah, it just says a bridge collapses and before, before Biden shows up. That's, that's how we're doing on infrastructure. Uh, 10, reduced inequalities. And it shows like a person in a wheelchair. All right. Well, um, how are we doing that? It doesn't really, it doesn't really say. Um, 11, sustainable. All right. So, sustainable cities and communities like Chicago. <laughs> or LA. LA's doing great right now. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a second too, because I, I got some I got some live shots from from how, how good LA is fucking doing, how sustainable they are. Um responsible consumption and production. And of course they had to include the snake eating its own ass down there too, of course, because that's what they are. Um and then oh we got a little whale here for the climate action. Of course, they have to control the climate because why not? Um life below water. Uh, okay, so they got to fuck the fish now. Um, life on land, of course. And then peace, justice, and strong institutions. We've been experiencing wonderful things from our Department of Justice lately. So yeah, that's that's right in line. Now, the history of it, which I'm not going to go over the entire history, John Henry, though. But it says that the SDGs, what we just read, it's been built on decades of work by countries and the UN, including the UN Department of Economic and Social Affairs. Since 1992, at the Earth Summit, when 178 countries adopted Agenda 21, a comprehensive plan of action to build a global partnership for sustainable development to improve human lives and protect the environment. So basically, our entire lives on Earth, John Henry, has pretty much been occupied, like these people have been working on this shit our entire lives. And this is the best they could come up with. This is the best shit that they could do. (laughs) And they're nowhere. They're nowhere even close since 92 (laughs) to now. Nowhere. All right. Well, let's talk about advancements in technology. Let's go to the ones that sort of never came about or haven't come about yet. Um, let's talk about Grimes. This is um, Elon Musk's ex-girlfriend. And um, in her little stupid song here, which you can see I disliked because it's trash, um, this is the type of pop music garbage that they play at gyms, which is why I listen to fucking podcasts at gyms or metal music. But I, I, when I do that, I tend to break my phone sometimes, so stay away from those. But it says here in the chorus of this stupid fucking song, what will it take to make you capitulate? So, John Henry, I'm going to pose that question to you, too. What would it take to make you capitulate to Grimes, who wants you to live in an AI fantasy land, where she asks, where she says, we appreciate power, but at the end, it just says, submit, 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 over and over and over again. That doesn't sound too non-aggression principle, does it? <laughs> to answer your question... There is nothing. I would die first. And also, let me throw something back at you. And I think most of our listeners would agree with that. We're not just going to give in and go, okay. Because at this point, we haven't been willing to. And we're sure as fuck not going to start now. How did Elon Musk end up impregnating that fucking mutant? 
Oh, well, let's let's get into that. I actually put that up. That doesn't article even make sense to me. I I had to look it up. <laughs> you know, it's okay. It, it was like, why on earth would he even get like? Why would a guy doesn't that even make smart sense to me? Get with this twit in a bot, you know, in a uh, Kylie Van- uh, Vanogue or whatever the fuck, you know, type of shit uh, with her latex bodysuit and whatever the fuck else. Let's let's talk about Grimes for a little bit. Uh, this is a, a piece from Vanity Affair. This is recent too. It says infamy is is kind of fun. Grimes on Music Mars and her secret new baby with Elon Musk. The visionary bullshit pop star holds nothing back. It says talking with Vanity Fair about everything under the sun, including her thrilling upcoming album, Book One. Oh, goody. This is from Devin Gordon. But this picture, John Henry, I mean, this is this is who we're talking about here. This is the kind of like fluffed up, you know, like if you had no talent, but you wanted to be a female pop star and you had access to a billion dollars, you could do whatever the fuck you wanted to do. And nobody's going to say no to you. You got Michael Jackson. They probably have more money than Michael Jackson. And think of how fucking crazy he was. (laughs) I mean, that's the one that certainly wants me to. Yeah. Just that picture is compelling me to give in to AI based communism. Yeah. Yeah. You you bet. (laughs) I mean, guys. The nails scare me the most. It's so fucking demonic. The whole thing is demonic. (laughs) Yes. Look at her. She's dressed like a fucking blackbird. I mean, demon nails, it's just, this isn't okay. And unfortunately, there's people dumb enough uh, to listen to what this moron is saying. Uh, Not moron. Not moron. She's not a moron, clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, But for fuck's sake, like this is, I feel like this sums up our current state of affairs. Oh, yeah. You know, like, have you ever seen the picture of how, like, the U.S. is turning in, or Chicago is turning into Gotham City? Right. And like, yeah, it, it just it, people look like the penguin and you know, Lori Lightfoot is terrifying looking. She genuinely looks like fucking Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, it took a lot out of me making that thumbnail. <laughs> You're just, so just this, having to look at her face. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the person that's telling you to give in to AI controlled communism. Yeah. Enough said. It's insane. Well, we'll talk more about what kind of person she is, because I think I, I I think you'll be able to provide a lot of insight after I read some things here. Um, so in the article, it says that, um, once upon a time, this was part of Grimes charms, but now an errant remark could follow her kid for life or crater Tesla stock or tip off people about where she lives. Doxers and stalkers and paparazzi are nothing new for her. She's a female pop star in 2022, but these are people trying to outmaneuver the guy who runs Tesla and SpaceX and founded the Boring Company and Neuralink, which we're also going to talk about. They track his private jet and post its location on Twitter. They swarm his factories with drones. Once they find him, they find her soon enough, and then they find X, which is their child. Now, uh, let's, let's get on to what kind of person this person is. Um, it says in the article, we settle into a cozy nook off the entryway. The one room she's had time to uh, to grimes up. Ugh. They even use that in, as a descriptor. Oh, God, this is such a gross article. Grimes up with some anime-inspired decor she purchased during a wee hours ambient-fueled spree on Etsy. <laughs> one of the most powerful creatures on Earth is fucking this girl. 
And she's doing Ambien and just shopping for anime shit on Etsy for whatever new house that she has. But it says, for the next few hours, as she and I split a six-pack of some local craft beer and get slowly buzzed, (laughs) because we're both lightweights, Princess Minogue glowers at me from a thin blanket behind her on the couch. Covering the floor is an enormous Death Note rug based on a gory 2006-2007 Japanese anime TV series about a teenager who can dictate the time and manner of anyone's death by writing it down in a book. It's on Netflix, it says in parentheses. Death Note, and I heard it sucks. Death Note is the chief inspiration for Grimes' recent single, Shinigami Eyes, as well as the video co-starring her pal Jenny from Blackpink, which I don't know what the fuck that is either because I don't listen to garbage. I like making friends with demons, it says. (laughs) In quotations, Grimes chants that in her demon baby singing voice. You need special eyes to see them. Grimes is an invigorating hang, it says. Time flies around her in nonlinear fashion. Of course it does. Art and ideas are her power source and her energy is infectious. She speaks so fast in a unique Esperanto of academic theory, Silicon Valley 3.0 futurism, and club kid slang. At one point, she hops up to show me her new tattoo, a series of milky white slashes on her upper torso meant to look like alien scars. John Henry, she's just a fucking anime scene girl. That's all this bitch is. And I'm sorry if you're an anime scene girl out there listening. We don't hate you. We're just saying that if, if you did an anime scene girl starter pack with like one of those memes, John Henry, of all the shit that this this girl's into and put it on one of those memes, it, it would fit perfectly. It, she is an anime scene girl. Now, for Elon Musk, just, you know, d- does he want to be fucking around with any scene girls? Does he want to mess with any scene girls, John Henry? Haven't we had enough of them? <laughs> Haven't we had enough of these scene girls forever? Isn't there an important come to Jesus talk you should have with Elon about this? <laughs> well, a lot of us have learned that lesson. <laughs> a lot of us have to learn that hard, hard lesson. Seems like fun at first. Turns out to be a living fucking nightmare. Yeah. Because God I mean, the reference to demons, and I get road, it. Yeah. <laughs> Music is subjective, whatever. But this is just fucking insane. You know, or is, you know, it, it seems that she's pretty intelligent, so... You know, obviously, it's that exotic appeal, you know, that some people look for. And I get it. You know, uh, we've all been there, you know, one time or another. But it's the depth that you're really missing. And and it's why it's always short lived. I mean, are they currently together in a relationship? It just seems like she's kind of his baby's mama. Which is typical of that type of person. Yep. It sort of fits. It fits the entire uh, anime scene girl, uh, you know type of categorization so let's move on though let's talk about this elon musk embarrassing physics homework goes viral twitter asks what grade did you get and i'm not even going to talk about the physics homework folks i'm going to talk about what he did at the university of pennsylvania um, because when he was there it says that uh, in a subsequent tweet musk re- resisted the request requested while saying it's too embarrassing for him when it came to his homework 
However, he eventually decided to share a picture of his physics homework from his early years and said, yeah, he sent it to me through a mutual physics professor friend at Caltech CERN. At Caltech CERN. Very basic stuff. So now, as we go past the, uh, you know, the embarrassing network and the really cool uh, cat there with the top hat and the pipe, we're going to go down and say uh, this part. A few days back, Elon Musk had put computer chips in animals' brains in a test so that humans can save and replay memories someday. There's Black Mirror again. <laughs> Always pops up, doesn't it? Elon Musk's neuroscience startup Neuralink on Friday unveiled a pig named Gertrude that, ha- that has had a coin-sized computer chip in its brain for two months showing off an early step toward the goal of curing human diseases with the same type of implant. Co-founded by Tesla Incorporated and SpaceX CEO Musk in 2016, San Francisco Bay Area-based Neuralink aims to implant wireless brain-computer interfaces that include thousands of electrodes in the most complex human organ to help cure neurological conditions like Alzheimer's, dementia, and spinal cord injuries, and ultimately fuse humankind, it says, with artificial intelligence. Yikes. Well, let's talk about that, too. This is the pig. Elon Musk envisions the future of neurosciences with a computer chip-infused pig. Now, let's talk about the computer chip-infused pigs there, John Henry. Um, if we want to talk about like the Brave New World 1984 comparison... If you're a computer chip infused pig, you're probably living a pretty good life because you don't know what the fuck is going on. Now, if you're a human being with the same type of implant in your brain, are you ever going to know what the fuck is going on? Or are you just going to be floating around, you know, just petting imaginary puppies and eating whatever you want and not gaining weight and just living in a sort of matrix like environment? That might be, you know, completely dependent on social credit scores to keep you alive in it or something or active in it. And you'll probably be highly dependent upon it, too, because in order to exist in a like an, an economy or any type of, um, you know, ecosystem, as they call it in these sort of things, too, that you have to have the brain chip, just like you have to have a cell phone now. So maybe 20 years from now, John Henry, we're the fucking pig. So I'm going to scroll down, though, because it's going to talk about some of this. Hold on oh. a second. Yeah. I disagree. Hmm? Okay. We're the fucking pig now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only difference is it's <laughs> the chip is in our hand. Yes, it's, it's only in our difference. hand now. It's all the same thing. It accomplishes the same exact thing. Yeah. We are the fucking pig, guys. Mm-hmm. That's all we are. So as long as we're dependent and allow the fucking cell phone and the internet and the fucking social media apps and websites to direct our lives and control us the way that they do, which they do, you're no different than Gertrude the fucking pig. And, uh, you know, one of my daughter's favorite movies is uh, Spirit. It's about the horse, right? And the other horses are just okay with being owned. And damn it, this horse just does not want to fucking be penned up. Does not want to be led. Guys, we got to be spirit. At the end of the day, that's, that's what we have to be. Because we obviously see what happens as we're led. Right? The fucking 
leather is tethered around our neck and they yank us around. We feed them all of our information. It's just grotesque. So I mean this in the most loving way possible because I certainly appreciate our, our audience. But y'all are a bunch of microchip pigs. What you going to do about it? Don't like I mean, it. I mean, we are. And then imagine too, imagine having an implantable device that can actually solve these problems, Musk said on a webcast Friday, uh, mentioning ailments such as memory loss, hearing loss, and this one, it's really interesting, depression and insomnia. So the reason why I brought Created that up- Created by a dependency on the internet. Oh, absolutely. And social media. Absolutely. But think of it though, if you have an implant in you that can control your depression, well, what does that mean? Do you just have a button that you hit that makes you happy? Or does somebody else have a button that makes you happy and you can't be happy unless they hit that button? Yeah, but you know, one of the biggest things to keep in mind is all that addresses is it addresses a symptom. It doesn't address a problem. Oh, of course. Oh, that's you can't what most of modern medicine it. does. Yeah, I mean, that's it's everything modern medicine does. You know, we've does. talked about this before. It mm-hmm. doesn't solve the problem. No, it creates a dependency. So instead 100%. of being on antidepressants, you just have that chip in your brain and you better be a good boy or girl out there because if your social credit score drops, you don't get any more dopamine. Yeah, your chips You don't get working. any more serotonin, you know? like, And also, you might not even be able to sleep because if they can put you to sleep, maybe they can keep you up. You know, it doesn't take more than a few days oh, to fuck. keep somebody up to drive them fucking insane. I mean, what, you need, um, tell us about sleep loss, John. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't fare well. No. I've been there a couple times no. you know, throughout my life, and it is it is Miserable. really disorienting. Uh, it's just fucking brutal. Emotionally, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I mean, insomnia is brutal. I've suffered from severe insomnia at points in my life. And, and you literally lose your fucking bearings, like your ability to execute critical thinking, to even stay focused on anything. So I didn't even think about that part until you said that. That's here it comes. Ready, guys? Every week he says that's terrifying a million fucking times. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. To number six's point with that chip, if they can go, oh, Bob Smith, we don't like what you posted on Truth Social. You're not sleeping for five days. Yeah. I mean, no, it'll drive people to suicide. Yes. I mean, That's and they've been pretty good at that so far lately. I mean, with that the past true. two and a half years of medical treatments yeah. and other things we've undergone. Yeah, so. Oh, man, that's fucking scary. That's, that's, that's a terrifying fucking thought, man. Yeah. And they're also going to be treating, of course, the paralysis and paraplegia and the company's head said. But um, Dr. Matthew McDougall now said. Now, let's back up. Hold yeah. on. Mm. Folks, I would love if that can happen. Oh, if true. we find a way to help with Alzheimer's and dementia or paralysis or, you know, to, to help somebody walk that they thought that they would never walk again, that would be magnificent. But when they address things like depression and insomnia, that's what's scary to me. Yeah. It says here in the article, neuroscientists unaffiliated with the company said the presentation indicated that Neuralink had made great strides but cautioned that longer studies were needed. Well, at least they're taking a little bit more time on this one, right? Uh, Musk presented what he described as the three little pigs demo. <laughs> I like the green jelly version better, John Henry. <laughs> I like green jelly's three little pigs. Look that. Look up that song, everybody listening. Yes, yes, very much so. <laughs> 
But he said, after the Three Little Pigs demo, Gertrude the pig with a Neuralink, Neuralink implant in part of its brain that controls the snout required some coaxing by Musk to appear on camera, but eventually began eating off of a stool and sniffing straw, triggering spikes on a graph tracking the animal's neural activity. Now, that could be real, or that could be bullshit. Who knows? It's a pig sniffing straw. How do we know that they're not just gimmicking the, the oh, readout? So, the pig did the same thing that they would do without a chip? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, if the pig just walked up and just said, I want to know where the fuck Hillary Clinton's emails are, then I'd be yeah. impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> That would be the greatest three little pigs demo ever. <laughs> but I just wanted to read off this. <laughs> but that's animal farm. <laughs> that is. Oh, yeah. We're getting there, too. <laughs> Must describe Neuralink's chip, which is roughly 23 millimeters um, in diameter as a Fitbit in your skull with tiny wires. And he says, I could have a Neuralink right now. And you wouldn't know. Musk said, maybe I do. Well, let's talk about Musk and other types of medical technology, shall we? Well, first off, Tesla here to make molecule printers for COVID-19 vaccine developer CureVac. Yes, because you want to be able to mass produce vaccines and get them all over the planet, John Henry. So when there's a need like that, Elon's there to help you know fulfill that need. Uh, Tesla Inc. is building mobile molecule printers. And this is back from 2020, uh, July 2nd, actually, of 2020. So this is kind of dated. Um, but it says to be developed by CureVac in Germany, the electric car maker CEO Elon Musk tweeted on Wednesday. So CureVac, an unlisted German company, has said it's developing, uh, it is developing portable automated mRNA production units. That it calls printers. <laughs> and which Musk described as RNA micro factories. Now, when it says it calls them printers, you know what I immediately think of? Office space. When they take the baseball bat to that piece of shit. Yes, that, that's what needs to happen to these printers. They're being designed to be shipped to remote locations. Hooray. So even the Seychelles Islands. What was the date? July 2nd, 2020. Okay. Yeah. But I have highlighted here a little bit, too, that I'd like really like to talk about. Uh, it says they're being designed to shift to remote locations where they can churn out its vaccine candidate and other mRNA-based therapies, depending on the recipe fed into the machine. <laughs> you mean like Africa, where they yes. have the lowest vaccination rates and also the lowest COVID rates? Yes, they're going to take one of those little printers mm. down there so everybody can get their vaccines and save them all. They're kind of like the missionaries. Yeah. Right? that went to spread the gospel and instead invited chaos, yeah. illness. Death. This is just not good. No. Well, speaking of not good, but for the immediate pandemic use, should its vaccine candidate win market approval, <laughs> which we're still kind of waiting on in a way, it has production sites with regulatory approval in Germany with a capacity to produce hundreds of millions of doses. And the next part, the best part, the company based in Tubingen, I don't know, and backed by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yes, yes, 
Yes, Bill. Bill has to stick his sick, fat titties into everything, doesn't he? It's a pioneer of the so-called messenger RNA approach, which is also <laughs> pursued by BioNTech and its partner Pfizer, as well as Moderna. Oh, um, folks. That's all I got for that Pull one. out the red fucking ball of string. <laughs> Here we go. It says that before we end up, a, a, a spokeswoman for CureVac confirmed it was working with Tesla's Grauman automation unit on an exclusive printer prototype. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring up this last one, though, is because remember how Musk said in that little quote there that he could have a Neuralink in him? I don't know if this proves anything, but this is from Trending News. This is also from 2020. This is October 17th, 2020. This is from the Tech Times uh, from Urian B. Elon Musk reveals failed C5-C6 neck spinal surgery was the reason for Neuralink's creation? Question mark. Tesla CEO and Elon Musk recently revealed that he had a C5-C6 spinal cord surgery. This was the response to the SpaceX founder to question by Twitter uh, user Andy Phillips, who noticed a scar somewhere located, uh, located somewhere on Elon's neck. Phillips also had a similar scar, prompting his curiosity as to whether or not Elon Musk had surgery. Now, I've had spinal surgery, so I'd probably recognize that in the place that it occurs and be like, oh, hey, you probably had that thing too. So somebody did that to Elon, and um, it says here that the tech CEO then stepped in and stated that he previously had a MOBI-C, which is a type of cervical disc prosthesis that had previously been put at his C5-C6 segment in his spinal cord. He then revealed shocking news that the first surgery was actually a failure as it was not able to remove the bone spur that was sticking straight into his spinal cord. That sounds pretty fucking nasty. So I kind of feel for Elon here in a sense, like as a human being, like I've, I've experienced tremendous amounts of nerve pain and discomfort, and I will have a shit ton of arthritis when, if, I, if I live long enough. Um, but the, the thing about uh, Elon here, the, the, the kind of wanted me to wrap this up on this note here to be fair to the man is that you know going through that type of pain and trauma can really change a person and i've talked about this before on the podcast too john henry but with elon experiencing this type of thing in his life and then also to have that much faith like when you put that tremendous amount of faith right in 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 somebody that's going to operate on your fucking neck and spinal cord and then it fails like somebody that's this smart, that's this obsessive, and has this kind of resources, I could see why you would f- like go balls out into the type of technology that could possibly prevent anything like this from happening in the future. So yes, there is still a possibility that Elon Musk is, you know, means well and, and is doing these things in good faith, even though he might be led astray or you know led down the wrong path by like you know. Uh, kinky uh, scene girl girlfriends and uh, you know stupid friends from college that wear fucked up glasses and whatever else but and old slop tits gates yeah yeah and definitely old slop tits gates there for sure but I mean uh, what what do you think John Henry at the after going through a couple of these articles and everything and people out there in the audience listening what do you all think too like is is Elon Musk a friend of liberty or is it still kind of I don't know undecided so one of my concerns um was that Elon has stated 
that they're going to get rid of all the spammers and bots from Twitter. I'm pro that. Okay. I'm, I'm on it. Because there's a way that he wants to verify all of his users. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't like that part. I don't like what that means. As we go back to things like ESV, social credit score, things we've talked about a ton. I don't like that idea. That idea is concerning to me. Um, because what does that process entail? Right? What are you going to have to do to be verified or confirmed? Um, listen, you folks know that, listen, his name's not number six and, and mine's not John Henry. And we do that as a, a safety mechanism. You know, we talk about things that are fringe. We talk about things that are not accepted and there's liability in that. So when you look at it, I'm going to open this up and it'll be completely accessible for free speech for all, right? Barring obviously child pornography, threats of murder, like shit like that. But I don't like the idea that they're going to confirm your identity because we don't know what that means. Does that mean your social security number, uh, social insurance number, the equivalent in other countries? How deep does that rabbit hole go? So uh, I don't like that he's you know working with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, because then you, you know, he's been in the news so much and everybody saw him kind of troll Bill Gates this week, right? Where, you know, Bill Gates talks about working with him and he says, oh, well, you're actually betting against Tesla, but you want to talk about climate change, which makes you a hypocrite because I'm the largest EV manufacturer in the world. So I don't, I don't know, man. You know, we've talked so much about how this is all just a big show and it's a big movie. And I just don't know really what role the actors are going to play at the end of the movie. So to me, I'm 100% neutral right now. Um, Because I I just, all of these things in conjunction with one another are pretty concerning. I don't like the CERN piece of it. I don't like the 3D printer of molecules um, for distribution. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't think it's necessary. Um, So I'm going to go neutral. Uh, you know, Mike Lindell got on Twitter and was banned within two hours. Yeah. Today. The pillow so, guy is banned from Twitter, folks. That just shows you. Two hours <laughs> he was on Twitter. Now, I understand that there's a process um, that, you know, Elon now making the purchase of Twitter, that I, I understand that he can't completely change everything day one. But it's Mike Lindell. It's the pillow guy. You know, let's get him on there. See what he has to say. So I just don't know, man. I'm a neutral party. I'm hopeful that, um, that you know, he is an advocate for freedom and, and rights and constitutional rights. But it's yet to be seen. So, you know, I don't think anybody should fully buy into him. It's exciting. This is exciting to watch. I shared excitement on the podcast about this, about his purchase. I think it's great. I like it. Um you know, the, 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 the statements from Jack Dorsey this week have been really interesting, too, about how he knows Elon is the only one that can fix it. And he felt like he had made some mistakes with Twitter. But we also know that Jack stood behind those mistakes. He's not a good guy. And now he's acting like he's a good guy. And, and I just, you know, I, I don't buy that shit. I think he's playing the game. 
they're all playing a game. I, I just don't know what the end of the game is or how you win. So we'll see. Yeah, I would say uh, we don't have any. <clears throat> I don't say uh, I, I wouldn't put a solid title on him yet, but I would just uh, I would still rule him as suspect. <laughs> that would be all. You know, just keep keep an eye on this fucking guy, folks. Um, Elon Musk might seem like he could provide the world and humanity even um, with a lot, but there's also there's always a consequence, isn't there? Like when when you accept something as a good, even even people that we we talk about misattribution, like people just using all of their talents and all of their you know all of their faculties. To, to stop COVID spread this past two, two and a half years or something like that. Brilliant people, John Henry, um, were just sacrificing themselves and their families um, trying to stop this virus uh, from spreading. And they were misled. Some of the smartest, most capable people on earth were all misled. Um, and they were misled down a dark path that created crimes against humanity, really. Uh, so I, I just... Even even if he's not a bad guy, he could easily be led into doing bad shit. But if he's doing bad shit, though, and he's that smart, mm, it makes him suspect. So uh, I'll end it there. And let's uh, let's move on to uh, real bad guys that we know that are fucking bad guys. Look at this bald headed prick, Xavier Bacara here. Uh, and the title here I love, too. This is from The Right Scoop. We're going to move into this talking about. Biden's Ministry of Truth. This is the reaction. This is the react. This is what I talked about. Whenever you have something good, you know, come out like say like an Elon Musk or a free speech advocate of any you know of any oak saying that we're going to make Twitter or any place online a place where people can go and speak freely. Governments like, oh no, you ain't. <laughs> so <laughs> this is uh, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. Biden's Ministry of Truth will safeguard free speech. Um, so, and, uh, this is, uh, again from the right scoop. So it says head of Homeland security, which is, uh, which will house the new ministry of truth appeared on the current ministry of truth, CNN on Sunday to explain how policing speech and censoring free thought is actually how to safeguard free speech and thought. Yeah, bud. We heard that one before it says in the article or well, we've heard it before. I wonder if they meant that. Or, well, okay. Uh, first, he says with a straight face that this absolute nutter, Nina Jankowitz, is neutral. And man, did you see that singing? Man, the future isn't going to be a boot on our face. It's going to be that bitch singing. I'll take the fucking boot. Like, kick me in the fucking face <laughs> instead, of, instead of having to hear it's this bitch brutal, sing man. ever it's again. All, it's all a fucking show. You know, they're, they're all actors. I mean, this woman who... You know, when Trump was still in office, came out and said that she didn't feel that anybody in the executive branch should have that control. And now she's being nominated for that control. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the same. It's just I mean, you know, there's the video out there of her song about how she'll fuck anybody to get the power. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all she wanted to be is rich and famous. I, I mean, it's, it's a fucking show, man. All of it. It's a complete joke. I mean, we talked about the. You know, the, what was he, a bestiality, pro-bestiality, transgender gentleman. That yeah, Biden the one that was into dog play. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. He was fun. Yeah. He was real we fun have Rachel to read Levine. About. I mean, it's it's just fucking absurd. You I mean, mean the really Rachel is. Levine I made into a demon from hell from Doom on our, one of our latest thumbnails? Yeah, that was a good one. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
she is an evil bitch. She killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Like by sending them into nursing homes and stuff during of COVID. Of course she did. Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. And pulled her own family out of the nursing first. homes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pulled her family members out first. And uh, <laughs> as they took all of the COVID positive elderly folks and put them back in nursing homes to kill them and boost the death rates. Um which I still want to know why Cuomo, her, the rest of these people have not been in prison for, for crimes against humanity. Oh yeah. I, I would, I would gladly sit there in, in that uh, courtroom. <laughs> and oh, just yeah. Take notes. So uh, then he really laid it on. It says in the article uh, talking about Becerra says, I believe this is his quote. I believe that this working group that gathers together, gathers together best practices what a stupid bullshit industry term that that is. I hate that fucking term. Best practices. Best go fuck yourself. Makes sure that our work is, you know, coordinated, consistent with those best practices, which means nothing. So circular reasoning there. No, no explanation as to actually what the fuck they're even doing. That we're safeguarding, it says, the right of free speech. Sure you are, you asshole. That we're safeguarding civil liberties. Bullshit. I believe is a very important endeavor. Oh, man. So also it says that Mayorkas tried really hard to downplay this as basically a go-between, a paperwork clearinghouse with no authority. That's always what they say, it says in the article. His claim that it will focus on foreign disinfo is uh, preposterous disinfo. The ink isn't even dry, and Democrats already wanted to oversee Elon Musk. And also, it says they really expect us to believe this. And sadly, lots of CNN viewers absolutely will, all five of them. But let's talk about this when it comes to um, just focusing on foreign disinfo. Uh, well, I don't think I don't think that's right because uh, I'm reading this, John Henry from the DailyMail.com. It says uh, the FBI may have conducted as many as 3.4 million searches of Americans' electronic data without a warrant even last year. Wow. <laughs> so says Nikki Schwab uh, from Daily Mail says, the Federal Bureau of Investigation may have conducted as many as 3.4 million searches of Americans' electronic data without a warrant last year. The Wall Street Journal first cited the number Friday, saying it came from an annual report published by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, so the DNI, uh, which uh, Ratcliffe used to be. I forget who the current one is, because fuck the current administration. Uh, the, the report doesn't allege that the FBI was illegally or improperly searching American data, but still could alarm members of Congress over privacy concerns. I wonder why. White House Press Secretary <laughs> Jen Psaki said at Friday's press briefing she had not discussed the journal's report with President Joe Biden because how are you even going to explain to his dumbass what a newspaper is anymore? He's fucking gone. <laughs> Be like, okay, the Wall Street Journal said this. What's a journal? <laughs> you know, like, oh, the paper I wiped my butt with? No, 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 Joe. The, they wrote an article. What's an article? Did I wipe my butt yet? Are you wiping my butt? <laughs> Did you see his comment at the correspondence dinner? Oh, about his uh, approval rating? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The only thing lower than my approval rating is shit or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. It, it, it is. And it's deserved. It, it's fucking deserved. Yeah. When he was talking to the press, he goes, uh, it's good to be in a room with people that are actually less popular than me. Yeah. I mean, it's unfucking real. I was listening to X-22 today. 
and he was talking about uh, social media posts and the likes, right? So obviously Trump is on truth now. Um, you know, 100,000 shares or 42,000 shares and a couple hundred thousand likes. And, you know, Joe Biden had posted something on Twitter and I think it was like <laughs> 1,200 likes, um, you know, just comparatively speaking. And he has 33 million, I believe it is, uh, Twitter followers. So I think if I, we I mean, were on shadow ban, we could get 1200 likes by telling him to go fuck himself. That is I think true. We could garner more if we would just be yeah, on I shadow currently ban. get no likes on anything. Cause no shadow ban the fuck out of me. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, uh, it's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy, man. That like nobody even believes it anymore. No, nobody, nobody believes he's got the most votes in history, but everybody's just kind of eating shit sandwiches. It's just fucking odd to me, man. But, uh, I'm sorry, I know that's, yeah, I know <laughs> that's, that's going is. off in a little bit of a rabbit hole. It's okay. I mean, it's just they joke about this. And you know, for him to make that statement, everybody goes, <laughs> and they laugh and they clap. It's not funny, man. It's not funny what he's doing uh, to us economically. And, you know, as far as from a military standpoint, it, it's all just fucking disgusting. Well, speaking of running jokes in quotes, it says, my understanding is that some of this was about this is from Saki. My understanding is that some of this was about researching and doing an investigation into potential hacking. They always use the hacking thing because I think they just look at the public and they look at them and they go, we'll just tell them they hacked it. <laughs> like, what's somebody going to do? Like, oh, they hacked the voting machines. Was well, somebody actually going to look? Yes. Yes, people actually did look and they, they came up with some pretty interesting things, too. But the average person, though, just goes, oh, yeah, it's just it, it was hacked or something. Uh, but I will get you more. From the FBI after this, Saki said. And um, now scrolling down, though, the 3.4 million amount is certainly a large figure, a senior FBI official said. According to the journal, I am not going to pretend that it isn't. Senior Biden administration officials told the paper that the actual number of searches is likely far lower. So they're kind of downplayed a little bit, which I get. The officials explained that there are complexities in sorting American versus foreign individuals data. <laughs> but there's a checking and a savings. <laughs> I got a checking and a savings and the, the money goes in here and sometimes I move it here. All right. So additionally, if an individual's data is searched multiple times, each would count as a search, driving the total number higher. I want to know how many times we've been searched. <laughs> John Henry for our material. How many times has the FBI looked us up? <laughs> Thus, the numbers, the number does not represent the number of individuals that it would be impacted. So if they searched us like a hundred times, that they that they counted a hundred, but it's really only one. Okay, so more than half the searches, it says about two million, were related to a probe into the alleged Russian threat to hack into critical infrastructure in the U.S. Now, how many alleged Russian fucking things? Could they possibly use it as an excuse to break the law or create crimes against humanity or war crimes or anything else? Well, let's talk about that. Biden wants to send $33 billion, yes, of your fucking tax dollars to fund Ukraine's weapons. And look at that smile. That's a smile of a Biden cash and checks. (laughs) That's what I want to talk about here. Yeah. So we were sending uh, chunks of eight hundred million over there, right? Yes. So I was reading an article. Do you know that like seven hundred sixteen million of that is to fund the government to continue operating there, <laughs> folks? All this money 
They're paying the salaries of these corrupt fucks. They're not going to these families that are suffering in Ukraine, just so you know. No. So when you got your stupid fucking Ukraine flag in your front yard and everything is Ukraine, Ukraine at every big, um, you know, media award ceremony, whether it's the Grammys, the Oscars, it just drones on and on and on and on and all this fucking money that we send there. It is literally paying for the government to stay operational. That's what's happening right now. You are paying for Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's corrupt business partners to stay in office. Yes. It is absolutely fucking obscene. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to send 33 billion of our tax dollars to fund their weapons. I don't want to send them another fucking dollar. And if he was not held hostage and blackmailed by Zelensky in Ukraine, we would mind our own fucking business right now, which yep. is exactly what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Sick of this shit. We even sent them Nancy Pelosi. the fucking world's piggy bank, man. And they're going to send her back. Why? <laughs> Could, couldn't she be there with those group of soldiers? Remember when I sent you that little video that the dude posted of the group of Ukrainian soldiers that thought that it was their yeah. tank rolling up to them, but it was really a Russian one? Yeah, that, the end of that video finished really bad, guys. <laughs> really yeah, could, fucking bad. Couldn't old Nancy have been there just standing around like talking about, oh, do you have any alcohol? I don't want MREs. I just want straight up vodka. Don't I you people vodka drink vodka over here? This part of the country. <laughs> you know? You know, her teeth Put a all fucking helmet together. on her. I want to see a helmet and a flak jacket on her, like all the fake pictures of Zelensky takes. Uh, let's see how this bitch is rated. I want to, I want to fire a bullet into the into the helmet just to make sure. You know, just to make sure it's safe. That's what we do. Then she'll be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I fund this. I sign these bills all the time." <laughs> you know, the article here says, "I can't even believe I'm typing this." Joe Biden and many members of Congress want to send thirty three billion. Yes. Billion with a B to Ukraine. That's $33 billion of your tax dollars. Like I said, what's it for? Food? Water? Humanitarian aid? Nope. Weapons. Gotta have a good world war to distract from all the damage you're doing at home. That's actually the most positive way to look at it, it says in the article too. The most cynical, but probably more accurate interpretation is, is this is money laundering. Pure and simple. So now it also goes on to say that, and now let's advance the story. It hasn't been enough that they wasted $7 billion of your dollars. What you were talking about? R- remind me why I pay taxes again. <laughs> now they need 33. Interesting number because the Masons love the number 33, of course. They would select that amount, not 30, 35, but 33. Now, this is from uh, Jack Basobic. He says, breaking Biden put requests to the $33 billion. And as we go down, there's Nancy St. Ange with I stand with Raytheon there. <laughs> That's awesome. Ukrainian flag, I stand with Raytheon. Disclosed TV talking about it. Um, oh, but we have a statement from Don Jr. Biden is asking for $33 billion to send to Ukraine on top of the billions already sent to the very corrupt nation. But they couldn't spend a tiny fraction of that to finish the wall, secure our border, and end the humanitarian crisis and drug-slash-sex trafficking at our border. Hashtag America last. And it says money laundering to politicians first. Here is the resident. And then it has uh, Joe Biden there if you want to see his little fucking thing. Um, but then um, let's scroll down here because there was uh, some responses to this that I wanted to show too. This is Gabor Gerbax. 
This is him saying the U.S. is sending $33 billion in aid to Ukraine. Meanwhile, this is Los Angeles. And it just shows, up, for all of you listening, a picture of Los Angeles's tent city. Now, if you want to see what we're looking at, and you're not going to go to our video uh, uh, platforms there, uh, you can go to our source list, which is available on Substack and Minds, um, and see all of these articles. But also, somebody else posted this too. Um, this was in West Virginia 10 years ago. This is from Daniel Turner. 10 years ago, this was a thriving downtown. Then came along the purely political war on coal. Well, who did that? Who did that? I wonder, how was West Virginia doing during the last administration? Probably a little bit fucking better, and now it's dead. Funded by billionaire ideologues, it says. They've ruined this town and many others, and they don't care. Then after that, it puts uh, hashtag rural America, hashtag energy workers. So I just wanted to show that and also show the lovely streets of Philadelphia. I really want to walk around that corner to see whoever this is pissing on the wall and whoever that is, like, you know, just going into drug-induced rigors. Uh, Meanwhile, you know, so I'm glad that people were doing that just to show people. Now, let's move on. Let's talk about what has been happening with COVID this past week, because we, we, we talked about last week, they're, they're starting to take the mass away in a lot of different places, not out in uh, your home state of Hawaii now, uh, John Henry, because I, I had a conversation with uh, our friend Jessica Priya about that earlier this week as she got into it from somebody from the Department of Education who she showed up to a meeting with, right? And she showed up with a bunch of advocates, uh, emails and letters, like a bunch of uh, people that were uh, trying to take masks off the children. She, she gathered up everybody's requests in paper form to show them documentation that the public, his constituents, were requesting a meeting with, with Jessica. And when she showed up, she brought her advocate uh, with her, Luther, um, who was seen in other videos and stuff like that with her. She brought one other person with her. And you should have seen, John Henry, you should have seen too. The uh, place that she rolls up at looks like a fucking fortress. It's like all barbed wired in and everything. There's people walking around, you know, with little badges on and stuff like that. And and just like, you know, very tall gentlemen like yourself and other people all surrounding her. Um, they really expected her to show up to this meeting with like a gang of them at their fortress, you know, in Bowser's fucking castle, all by herself. They refused to meet with her because she brought with her her legal advocate. Wow. Now, she's a feisty one. I mean, I wouldn't put it past her to walk in and out of there safely. You know, like she knows you know, how to conduct herself. But would, would you, would you want to send any woman in your family into a fortress like that by themselves? with a bunch of goons like that in the Department of Education who fucking hate her because she's bringing heat on them because they're just doing what they're told and making kids wear masks by some so billionaire what, um, asshole. What's the documentary I keep telling you and every all, all of our listeners to, listen, to watch? The Dissenter. The Dissident. Yeah. The Dissident, yes. Okay, sorry. To answer your question, that's the answer to your question. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we talk about the case of Jamal Gashogi, like going in, like and getting sawed in, into pieces. He was going there to conduct a fucking media interview and he was world famous. And, and he was and, going there for documents to get married. Yeah. Wow. So, no, no. But I got to tell you, Jessica Priya has balls of steel. Yes, yeah, she Good does. On you. Keep going. Yeah. Shout out to Jessica. 
Uh, but moving on to uh, this one from Newsweek, Biden administration's muddled COVID messaging just got more confusing. This is from Xander Landon. Um, the Biden administration's messaging on COVID-19 measures has been particularly confusing over the past week, even compared to the mixed signals emanating from the White House during the past year. On Tuesday, Lord Anthony Fauci, chief medical advisor, all hail Lord Fauci, chief medical advisor to President Joe Biden, told PBS NewsHour the U.S. is out of the pandemic phase. Only to walk back that comment the next day, you know, red light, clarifying to the Associated Press, by no means does that mean the pandemic is over. So if the pa- And meanwhile, none of this is laid out on paper, right? Like when they're describing something, when they're describing a phase or process or anything that they're doing, none of this is clearly laid out to the public ever. It's all done in dark, dingy rooms and, you know, back corners somewhere like fucking Dr. Strangelove style. (laughs) You know, like there's there's just no, there's no uh, transparency to the public whatsoever as to what these phases are, when they're going to be over, what would, what it would actually take for them to be over. And remember folks, we've been covering this for a while now. Remember, there is no more herd immunity that you're allowed to even express, even though they're finally starting to recognize natural immunity. Uh, The masks don't fucking work, but they still want to put them on kids in Hawaii and New York and other places. So they're not giving that up yet. And I just heard the other day that uh, Macron, who got in somehow against Le Pen because elections are fair and, you know, just like vaccines are safe and effective. But uh, Macron got back in over there. And guess what? He's putting in a digital ID soon. So I don't think this pandemic shit's going anywhere anytime soon, is it? Aren't yeah. too excited about that either. I wouldn't be. I bet you the yellow vests are a little pumped. Oh man, they've been <laughs> in the streets, mm-hmm. going ballistic. I mean, I think I would be too. <laughs> if they, Absolutely. If that asshole got in that said that he wanted to make everyone's life a living hell, they didn't take whatever medicine he he we wanted. He wanted yeah, to. It's kind of uh, like Biden's statement about off. his six more years in the presidency. Fuck oh. you. Oh yeah, <laughs> six more years. No thanks. But it said that then Fauci avoided the White House Correspondents Dinner on Saturday due to COVID concerns. But a maskless Biden did attend, skipping the meal, but still interacting with other attendees. I think Biden's already had COVID and they just didn't tell the public because he's been around enough fucking people now. Like how many people have gotten it that have been in super, super uh, I think close it's just body doubles. I think he's died from COVID already yeah, yeah, or not from exactly. COVID, but just fucking anything else. These are like the like the plant people uh, fucking uh, clones that they have just pop out of a tube somewhere. What they come out and just go, I'm a dad. They, they have like a minimum lifestyle, though. Like they start to trail off after a while. You know, they have their own <laughs> sunset you know, claws built in. Oh, so yeah. once, they, once they start flipping out like mid uh, mid speech to no one in a parking lot somewhere in Scranton, right? Uh, they, they start doing the shabbat a and look at my hairy leg. And then they just take them off stage and they whack them like old yeller and print out another one. <laughs> <laughs> but it says, meanwhile, Biden's team, including Surgeon General, uh, Surgeon General Vivek Murphy, our Murthy uh, continues advocating for wearing masks on public transportation for no goddamn reason. Even after a federal judge effectively ended the mask mandate in a ruling earlier this month, constantly fighting against our rights and the laws and the courts and everything to just fuck us over more. The decision about whether to impose mandates has fallen to the discretion of transportation providers with mixed outcomes nationwide, further confusing the public. 
Man. Well, let's talk about confusing here. A year ago, even, if this were a headline, this would have been the top fucking story everywhere. Kamala Harris positive for COVID-19, but Biden was not a close contact. <laughs> Biden well, wouldn't be anywhere fucking near her. I'm sure she's positive for a lot of other things, too. Oh, yeah. Mostly if this one said HPV, no, yeah, no, no doubt. <laughs> Herpagonocyphilates. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm sure she's positive for quite a few things. Uh, I do believe that she wasn't in close contact. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of the, um, you hear a lot about how much Jill Biden specifically hates her, which is obviously Jill Biden's just fucking puppet handler, yeah. her and Obama. Um, but I, I'm not surprised if he wasn't in close contact. That doesn't shock me at all. Now, this is from AP News. This is uh, uh, from Zeke Miller. And here I'm scrolling down. You see Harris's face um, that has seen more dicks than a urinal. Um, but also, uh, <laughs> hold on. Can you, can you scroll back up to the neck for a second? Just right, yes. there, right there. Look at that. Neck. Look at that fucking horrific turkey gobbler hanging off of, of that course. demon fuck. It's all stretched out from the. Look, 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 oh look, look. man. Yeah. Just mm, must yep. be some, some, some big old boy spent some time with her. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she <laughs> got up pretty. Summer, but this summer is sausages second. getting slammed on that fucking hog gullet. <laughs> <laughs> Hillshire Farms remembers that. <laughs> remembers that fucking face. Brought to you by Hillshire Farms and yeah. Pfizer. <laughs> but here's what I was going to say. I mean, we don't even really have to jump too much into this article at all because, I mean, a year ago, people would have been losing their fucking minds if she would have gotten COVID. They would have been like, well, isn't she vaccinated? Because vaccinated people don't get the COVID. Of course. <laughs> You know, so, I mean, we're already in a place now where uh, a year after, um, not even a year, that we're, we're in a place where the second most powerful person, arguably, on the face of the fucking planet, politically at least, right, has COVID and nobody even gives a shit. Nobody even cares. And nobody even brings up the fact that she's quadruple fucking boosted and has been kissing her husband wearing a mask. Now, I wouldn't kiss her directly on the lips either. That Oof. guy's smart. That guy's he might real have been doing smart. that before the pandemic started. Yeah. I would double, triple layer that shit. I'd have one of those Lloyd Austin fucking welding masks on too. And oh, just yeah. headbutt the bitch instead of kissing her. You know? <laughs> just like, there you go. We'll do the cone heads thing where we put our heads together and go, like that. Isn't it funny how nobody gives a shit anymore? Nobody the gives a shit anymore. Is done now because they know it's a losing government. battle. In the past month, everybody, everybody on the Democratic side of the aisle that's a major player. In, in both the administration and in politics, elected officials have all gotten COVID and nobody even, it's not even making headlines, John Henry, but they're continuing on as if we're still in 2020, that nothing mm-hmm. has changed, that yeah. people need to wear masks, that we need to take 17 boosters, um, that you, you, you have to limit travel, that you can't go to certain places. 3D printing molecules. Yeah, molecules. Yeah, just so they could fly it right out to you. But um, and let's talk about this, John Henry. This is a real fun one too. This will wrap up our COVID segment. Uh, Pfizer. This is from Asia One. Um, Pfizer says COVID nineteen treatment Paxlovid fails to prevent infection of household members. You don't say. Now scroll down. It says Pfizer Inc. on Friday said a large trial, a large trial. 
found that its COVID-19 oral antiviral treatment Paxlovid was not effective at preventing coronavirus infection in people living with someone infected with the virus. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Question. Yeah. Is this the one that basically is the same exact makeup of ivermectin? Oh, yes. Which makes it even worse. Which Uh, makes it even worse. Because it's a gigantic failure. Yeah, Yeah. well, no, it's a failure on purpose. They did the whole entire fucking thing. Mm-hmm. On purpose. It was meant to fail from the beginning, from its inception. Yes. So they can say, we were right. Ivermectin didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Ivermectin, Fuck you have to take it with people. like a Z-pack and a couple and zinc and look all, at the, other look things. Look at the fucking right? lanes that they go to. Oh, of course. To continue the propaganda bullshit. Yeah. There's no bounds. For None. something nobody even gives a shit about anymore. Oh, like insane. six months ago, six months ago, we could have read that headline. People would have been freaking out. They've been like, we're going to have a world war. Like people are going to die in government. The vice president has COVID. Nothing. So here's Mike. So I'm going to jump in. Not so even a tweet. <laughs> read a piece of this article. Yeah. Those who took the five day course were found to be 32% less likely to become infected than a placebo group that rose to 37% within 10 days of packs of it. However, the results were not statistically significant, thus possibly due to chance. Here's my question. Where's the same fucking study on the shot? Yeah. Oh, well, this explains it. Because oh. <laughs> as we go down, John Henry, uh, the article further reveals that Pfizer said safety data in the trial was consistent with previous studies, which had shown the pills to be nearly 90% effective at preventing hospitalization or death. So it, it went from 90% in their studies, Pfizer said. And this sounds familiar, right? It went from 90% in their study, but when it was actually studied, it didn't make a fucking difference. It wasn't even statistically significant. (laughs) And the quote is, the quote is, while we are disappointed in the outcome of this particular study, these results do not impact the strong efficacy and safety data we've observed in our earlier trial for the treatment of COVID-19 patients. And that was a quote from Pfizer chief executive, Albert Borla. Ah, Pfizer said Paxlovid, which consists of two different antiviral drugs is currently approved or authorized for conditional or emergency use. Of course it is. in more than 60 countries across the globe to treat high risk COVID-19 patients and sales of Paxlovid, part of a class of drugs known as Protease inhibitors. Yes, so you were right, John Henry. Yes, the protease inhibitors, just like ivermectin, which costs like two fucking cents a pill, and this one probably costs 75, are projected to reach $24 billion this year, according to Wall Street forecasts compiled by Refinitiv. Wall Street, $24 billion. There's your fucking answer. That's why this happened. Not because ivermectin didn't work. Not because it wasn't put in intravenous trips and given to pregnant women that I know. Not, not, not that they didn't even do that. But the fact that they fucking bring, bring out a pill that doesn't work to shoot down a pill that does. And they made $24 billion on it. Sons of bitches. All right, let's move on to uh, further fuckery. <laughs> Iowa egg-laying farm kills 5 million chickens Fires 200 plus workers, chickens and workers most affected. Um, this is from Megan Carullo. <laughs> I like that they specify that the chickens and the workers I, are I, most I affected. That. Yes, okay. I specified that too. Yes, I just wanted to let the audience surprise me anymore. I wanted to let, apparently animal rights activists are pissed off about this, John Henry, and that's a picture of though? the uh, 
Rembrandt Farm. facility. But um, it says Rembrandt Farms, where the mass slaughter took place in March, is owned by billionaire Glenn Taylor, one of the wealthiest Lowens and an owner of the Iowans Minnesota Timberwolves. Iowans. Iowans. Yeah, we go. Sorry. Elves <laughs> look like eyes sometimes. Um, last month, protesters from Direct Action Everywhere, an animal rights advocacy group, stormed the court at home games wearing T-shirts reading Glenn Taylor roasts animals alive. I mean, Ooh. roast them dead like a normal person. Yeah, I know. You don't need to roast them alive, man. But the Iowa Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship in March announced that it had confirmed a case of avian influenza and a flock of commercial layer chickens in Buena Vista County, where Rembrandt Farms is located. So Zoe Rosenberg, a protester, alleged that the farm created an environment that made it easy for disease to spread. I don't think any farm should have that many birds to begin with. How many birds? Do we have to ask this bitch how many birds is the okay amount of birds to have to feed people? Listen, we know that factory farming is not good. We get that part. Yeah. But go back up for a second. I just want to mm-hmm. point something out. Yeah. So okay. down, 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 back down. Confirmed a case of avian influenza. Yes. I'm going to say this one more time, everybody. Confirmed a singular case of avian influenza. Five million birds dead. Now, have y'all noticed what's going on in the food industry? How many are we up to now? Is it 18 facilities? Number I was going to talk about that. It's so it's so crazy the amount of food processing plants and facilities that have been like burned down, rather by employ- crazy employees threatening to come back and shoot people. I heard allegedly, allegedly, yes. So we're up to about eighteen food processing facilities mm-hmm. that something terrible has happened to them, whether they've burned to the ground. Yeah. Kamikaze uh, planes, planes have flown into them. Yeah. But it just so happens that this has all taken place over the last couple months. Would you say that this is uh, increased food inflation on purpose? I mean, we'll put our tinfoil hats on, but uh, I've never heard of 18 of any facilities burning down across the country in any specific sector. Uh, Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So I think it's sloppy tits gates. It, it could us be to eat bugs and fucking soy GMO soybeans. Well, I was even going to ask because uh, I wanted to keep this section of our of our show short and sweet uh, this week. But uh, I want to know who the fuck is Glenn Taylor too? Because if he's one of the wealthiest Iowans and owner of the Minnesota Timber Timberwolves, um, I want to know who he's connected to. I want to know if he's part of the global corporatist oligarchy, John Henry. But um, we might have to come back to that. Let's talk about this, too. This is from our friend Guard Goldsmith. CF Industries, Union Pacific curtails fertilizer shipments, delaying deliveries and preventing new rail orders from being taken. Now, I say it's from Guard Goldsmith because he just started a Substack where he's sending out a newsletter every week. This is the copy of where I just got it from, actually. Um, your Sunday News Assembly there from our friend Guard. But... Um, I just wanted to bring that up because uh, let's talk about the fertilizer, John Henry. CF Industry Holdings Company, it says, is a leader global manufacturer of hydrogen 
and nitrogen products. Today, informed customers it serves by Union Pacific Rail Lines that railroad mandated shipping reductions, <laughs> railroad mandated shipping reductions would result in nitrogen fertilizer shipment delays during the spring application season. I'm sure that's important. And no. that it would be unable to accept new rail sales involving Union Pacific for the foreseeable future. Go ahead. I want you to think about this in conjunction with the fact that we've already talked about Ukraine being one of the largest fertilizer and wheat exporters on the planet. Folks, I say it every fucking week. Nothing is a coincidence. Nothing. This whole entire thing is being completely orchestrated. Just like the pandemic was orchestrated, this is completely being orchestrated to hurt our food production. So earlier in the podcast, when number six made the statement, how's it going to be when you're fucking starving to death? I think I'm paraphrasing, but I'm probably pretty close. This is what we're talking about. Can't grow food. Well, if they can't grow food, can't fucking buy food. Can't put animals through a slaughter facility. Well, then you can't fucking buy animals to eat, guys. This is scary shit. And the people that own all the food aren't very good people, John Henry. Because old Sockin Tits himself has bought into a lot of this, hasn't he? I wonder if he has first priority. Largest owner of agricultural land in the United States. I wonder if he can pay whatever inflated price it is while all the other farms around him go under. Wouldn't that be something? Hmm. And then, you know what? You know what will happen next? You know what I think is going to happen? Then I think he can probably buy the rest of that real estate for a real good price. Oh, absolutely. What do you think? Yep. Yeah, it's disgusting. Another vertical monopoly in his control, only it's your food, folks. You think yes, the folks, Windows so you updates the, fucking suck? <laughs> the the, the much-loved board game Monopoly, which I fucking hate, by the way. It's yeah. excruciating, and I don't it know why anybody so plays that. <laughs> this is him genuinely monopolizing. Now, isn't that what got him in trouble in the first place? Yeah, that's what it got him pied in the face, too. Imagine <laughs> he that. deserves was him monopolizing in the tech field. Is he doing the same fucking thing again right now with vaccines, working with Elon Musk on, you know, molecular <laughs> printers, uh, agricultural land, food? I mean, it's it will go back to Rogan's statement when he talked about all his fat titties. You know, the, this guy's telling you how to eat. It's unbelievable. It's unfucking real I wanted to note this from the article too, uh, John Henry. Products that will be affected include nitrogen fertilizers such as urea and urea ammonium nitrate, as well as diesel exhaust fluid, DEF, an emissions control product required for diesel trucks. So it's not just the food, it's how the fucking food even gets to you. It says CF Industries is the largest producer of urea, UAN, and DEF, all three, in North America. And its Donaldsville Complex is the largest single production facility for the products in North America. In quotes, the timing of this action by Union Pacific could not come at a worse time for farmers. You don't say, says Tony Will. President and Chief Executive Officer of CF Industries uh, Holdings Incorporated. 
Not only will fertilizer be delayed by these shipping restrictions, but additional fertilizer needed to complete spring applications may be unable to reach farmers at all. By placing this arbitrary... Fucking, I'm highlighting it for everybody so they can see. By placing this arbitrary restriction on just a handful of shippers... Union Pacific is jeopardizing farmers' harvests and increasing the costs of food for consumers. Yes, because they are one of 30 different companies to face these restrictions. Now, the last one I wanted to bring up, and this is kind of related to what we've been talking about here. So, we've been having, what, millions upon millions of people entering this country. Men, women, children from all different places, mostly from Central America, but we've had a lot of people enter this country illegally over the past couple months, John Henry. So that's a lot of people that are going to be flooding into our schools, our hospitals, and don't you bet, you, you bet your ass they're going to vote, maybe even twice. But we're going to have to feed them too, right? We're good, humane people. We're not going to allow these folks to just waltz across the border, set up shop here, and then just starve to death in the middle of the street because they can't make money because they can't get a job or we're not going to give them any tax-funded type of assistance, right? We're going to do something to keep these folks alive, right? Well, what does that do to our economy? Does it hurt it? Does it bring us under Does it give us future liabilities that could eventually take us under? So in a sense, what we're going to talk about here, John Henry, not only did this young man lose his life in a tragic way, but we as a nation could be following that same exact pattern of behavior. Um, This is from Main Street Press, American Hero Laid to Rest in Emotional Ceremony. Yesterday was a sad day in Arlington, Texas. It says a funeral service was held for Sergeant Bishop E. Evans of the Texas National Guard. This American hero will live forever in the memories of his family and loved ones and also in the hearts of a grateful nation. Evans drowned on Friday, April 22nd, close to Eagle Pass, Texas, while serving on Operation Lone Star to secure our southern border. The mission was ordered by Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who is a WEF piece of shit, but and is uh, comprised of over 6,000 Texas Guard troops, which included Evans. It says, under honoring a hero, Evans was only 22 years old. He drowned while serving on Operation Lone Star near the Rio Grande River while patrolling. Evans heard several individuals shouting for help. They were drowning in the rough currents of the river after trying to cross into America. This young man jumped in and saved two of the individuals who were drowning. Though in the process, and as it happens a lot in life, and you'll see that in different stories like this too, though in the process, his own body was pulled under and he disappeared. A search took place for four days until Evans's body was found washed up downriver. The two illegal aliens who he saved with compassion turned out to be drug dealers. 
They were people who were contributing to the fentanyl and drug crisis, it says in the article, which is murdering hundreds of thousands of our fellow citizens. Evans didn't know that at the time he risked his life to save these men. He jumped in the raging waters as one human being to another because he was raised to do what's right. Evans was a specialist in the, in the I'm sorry, Texas National Guard, but has been promoted to sergeant in death. And there's a picture of him here uh, posted from Greg Abbott on Twitter, but not even a hair on his face, man. 22. What a fucking shame. But here's my question to end out this show for you, John Henry. And this is a question to everybody listening out there and some of our ethicist friends that are listening to. You're standing on the side of a river, right? And you see somebody floating down it. And you know it's a dangerous river. Do you jump in? Now, you see somebody floating down the river, and it's a child. Do you jump in? Is it a woman? Do you jump in? Is it an able-bodied young man? Do you jump in? Do you jump in after knowing that they're drug dealers? Do you still jump in and save them? Knowing that, they, that those two men that you saved with your, with your life here, if you're this young man, those two men could have carried enough fucking fentanyl on them, in their back pocket even, to kill an entire city. Do you still jump in? We as a culture have been jumping in over and over and over again. And it's cost us billions of dollars, but it's also costing us lives like this. Do we keep jumping in? Do we keep rescuing these people? Can we be that? I mean, I, I, I know that we're a nation of immigrants. I mean, I know a little bit about this country's history. I want there to be legal and easy immigration. Actually, the libertarian side of me just wants these cats to be able to walk across the border like it ain't nothing and do a job and go back home to their wife and kids and whatever else and live a good life. I don't want to create up to create barriers with the, they don't necessarily need to be. I don't want to have to build a wall with fucking gun turrets and lasers and drones and all kinds of shit. But isn't it the state? Isn't it the light? Isn't it like, just like ADO, uh, uh, Elon Musk's friend that we talked about, isn't it the same attraction? Isn't it the music bumping and the fucking lights going and the party, you know, the party atmosphere and everybody's walking into the party, but then everyone realizes that the party is bullshit. That it's just a bunch of shit stapled to the walls and some paint thrown on the, you know, paint thrown everywhere and some bad furniture and a couple solo cups and some shitty beer. I mean, what are we doing bringing people into this party if we can't control what we spend? We, we're spending $33 billion to send fucking weapons to Ukraine and we're going to invite millions more into this country and house them and clothe them and feed them and put them through school and put them through any type of medical procedure they want, even if they want to declare that they're a new gender tomorrow. How many more times do we keep jumping in the water, John Henry, before we too, as a nation, go under? You know, I shared my opinion earlier with the whole Ukraine piece about... You know, we need to mind our fucking business. Now, to answer your question about what this hero did, I would jump in. Because I believe that every human life is precious. But on a national scale, 
Here's the difference. He didn't make everybody else that worked with him on that project jump in with him. Yeah. He did it on his own volition. And I respect the hell out of him for that. God rest his soul and I will pray for his family. Yeah. But I think that's the biggest difference. If you make that individual choice, then so be it. I believe that everybody should have a choice, right? And as you came from a libertarian standpoint there, everyone should have a choice, right? And what they decide to do is on them. The benefit and the recourse equally is at stake. But you can't drag everybody else in with you. And that's what this this presidency, this administration has done over and over and over and over again. And also past ones too. And when is enough enough? Because even though I would jump in, I wouldn't drag my family with me. I wouldn't drag my friends with me. I wouldn't drag my coworkers with me. Because that's not their decision to make. And that's the frustrating part about this is we continue to get drug into the fucking rapids over and over and over. And it's only a matter of time before it gets a hold of you and you can't swim out. I like to surf a lot. And sometimes there's a dangerous riptide, a dangerous current. And the lifeguards make the announcement at the beach, right, to the swimmers on shore. There's a dangerous riptide. There's a dangerous current. But if you continue to swim further and further and further, well, you know the inevitable and what's going to happen. And the irony is when it comes to drowning, the reason a lot of people drown is they actually go out to save somebody else. And in a panic, the other person pushes them under. And that's what's happening. Current's running. The drug dealers are in the rapids, right? And we're getting pushed under when we try to do the right thing. You think Ukraine's the right thing? So be it. Everybody's entitled to their opinion whether or not I agree with it. That's real free speech. That's a real First Amendment. But I don't want to get drug under anymore. And I don't want to get drug off the fucking shore and the safety of that. So enough is enough. So God bless this young man. God bless his family. God bless the people of Kansas. Some really nasty tornadoes there, man. And um, last thing I want to finish with is Jeff Morrell. Jeff Morrell was the corporate affairs chief for Disney. <laughs> he got fired. Okay. After three weeks on the job. Nice. Because nice. he didn't do a good enough job of protecting their indoctrination of children, sexualizing children, and the Mickey Mouse pedophilia gang. You bunch of fucking cocksuckers. So for that, I say, fuck you, Jeff Morale, for taking a position in the first place, you nasty piece of shit. You got what you deserved. Guys, let's continue to fight. Love what Ron DeSantis has done with Disney. Guys, we got to stay strong. Got to stay together. Appreciate you coming back and listening this week. Hope you all have an amazing week. We will talk to you next time. Love you. Appreciate you. Get out there. Make a fucking difference. Back to you, sir. All right. And with that, yes, I, I wanted to say in, in closing out this week too, um, definitely prayers for Bishop Evans, 
and his family, Sergeant Bishop Evans now. But um, folks, I want to thank you all for joining us uh, for another edition of the New Prisoners podcast. Um, please uh, follow us or uh, subscribe to us on any of our video platforms that are out there. We have uh, BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and Brideon now. Um, we are also on Spotify, which you can watch the visual episodes there too. Uh, but if you really want the full uh, New Prisoners experience, definitely get with us on the video platforms because we have other videos and other things in the works too that we'll be that we'll be having available for you too. More content out there. But um, well, I just uh, man, a lot. One last thing about the uh, the Riverside and the current and everything that we were talking about here, John Henry is well. If you found a life raft sitting right next to you and you saw these cats out there in the water and you threw it in and you reeled them in, would you care really who made the life raft? And that's something I've been asking myself a lot this week with this Elon Musk and Twitter thing is that, you know, as we have these billionaires and other people uh, like Elon and Bill Gates shape our society and we use the things that they, they own because, well... We basically have to. We, we have to have a computer these days. We have to have a phone. We have to you know, use GPS and do this and that. And it's all tied into these vertical monopolies, all these systems. Um, well, I wouldn't mind as much if it saved the right people. And I did the right thing with the tool that was provided. Just as if we were on a battlefield and I found my enemy's gun on the ground and I was able to use it to, to defend myself and get the hell out of there alive. Um, so just... Think about that this week, folks. Um, we can use the tools around us to escape all this. It's hard to build a Twitter. Ask Andrew Torba. <laughs> you know, it's it's going to be hard to build, uh, you know, your own computer or Microsoft, you know, type of type of thing. But um, it's really easy uh, to build a community, to build a family, to build a movement of people that believe in liberty. And we're doing it here at the New Prisoners every single week with you all joining us. So until we meet again, and until we are free, we are the New Prisoners. Thank you for listening to the New Prisoners. Let us know what you think about this week's topics on our Minds page and Substack. Or leave a comment under our video on BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and Brideon. You can also risk being shadow banned, suspended, or permanently banned on Twitter and Instagram with us, or speak freely with us on Gab. Please feel free to share your own sources with us, and remember to share the information we provided you here. You never know what kind of difference it could make. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, email number 6 at protonmail.com, provide a brief description of the topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can always choose to appear anonymously. And you can also donate to The New Prisoners through anchor.fm slash the new prisoner number six slash support. There you can make a monthly donation of 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99. We also have a subscribe star where you can make a one-time or recurring contribution at subscribestar.com slash the hyphen new hyphen prisoners, or you could donate US dollars and crypto to us on Mines and Odyssey. All donations go towards studio upgrades to make more content and advertising to spread the word about the show. Every amount is appreciated.
demand answers, not orders. We are the new prisoners.